coming soon to own on video and DVD. Anyway, this is Welcome to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends on It, where we do something different every single week. And this week, uh, we went behind the scenes and looked at special features of uh, movies and TV because Alex found a big CD case full of them. I've got DVDs. Uh, <laughs> I podcast. We, did, we went to the last like store of physical media in the entire world. These discs are the only ones left. They were in a big... Ark of the Covenant style crate somewhere in a warehouse, and we're the I only people. I think our people foundation of our apartment is. Uh, actually we found them on two satellites that were crashed into the Earth. <laughs> they were like gold. It's really weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no movies on there. <laughs> Not interested. I I, uh, Be- I don't know about you, but Be- I got my copy of Two Thousand One: The Space Odyssey from the monolith that landed on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just beating that shit with a bone. <laughs> Good, good on you, though. Stuff on it. I pulled Nick, this one out of this. you 100% certain that you're, you've got the right mic on? Oh, boy. I am 100% certain sure. that I have the right mic. Certain. Oh. I'm certain. Okay. I can't I'm certain. I, I, that's what wait. I call it when I wear a I shirt. I cannot wait for this episode to come out. I'm sure off. <laughs> I pulled my DVDs out of the half-buried Statue of Liberty on the beach. <laughs> oh, they I were in there. The <laughs> yeah, they were in there. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you've missed us, listeners. This is our uh, our coming back after. Do you think uh, they made like break? Ape Watchmen? Ape and stuff? <laughs> yeah, do you, yeah, were there entire works? Well, I figured they were human culture. movies that made it, yeah. but huh? <laughs> <laughs> on the planet of the apes, oh, <laughs> humans made Abraham Lincoln like as a bit. That would be pretty funny, it's actually. Not real. What if the that's an so the French take. as a gift like to the that. U.S. they they send them a <laughs> monkey statue, a monkey statue, and it doesn't start a war somehow. <laughs> what a huge ode! And then we put it up, and it's like a symbol of our yeah. country. <laughs> this it's is not what the we bald eagle; like. it's the monkey. These fucking idiots. The monkey is our state bird. Mm. <laughs> our state bird of the country. <laughs> what if? What about this for the first thing? <laughs> All right. No, 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 no. Um, Wait, what do you call the state bird of the country? The the country bird? Country bird? Yeah. Country bird jamboree? The national Ooh, bird? bird? I could go for the country bird. Oh, right man. Now. Country fried bird? Country our, fried bird. Our country bird you know, is breaded uh, and fried with a white gravy. <laughs> yeah, west of, west of the Mississippi. It's uh, Popeye's fried chicken. It's, it's called uh, steak fried bird, Birdies. I think, right? Or is it the other way around? Fried bird fried bird. steak? I think it's Carl's Jr. Oh, on one side fr- and Hardee's on the other, actually. <laughs> yeah, our state bird, our country bird is... Parties on one side. 
This episode is about DVDs. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So anyway, why don't I introduce who we have at the virtual table today? Whoa. We have, of course, able to sail in only three feet of water. That's Cam. That's right. Wait, what does that have to do with DVDs? It's something I learned from a special feature I'll get to later. A joke only that DVDs only you know. Float. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hi, it's me. I've been in three feet of water, and I did just fine. I didn't. <laughs> That's true. But that was yeah, we talked about earlier. that last time we recorded. <laughs> that was deeper than... Wait, was it? <laughs> I'm only two feet tall. I almost drowned. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, the listeners don't know this, but Seb short as hell. <laughs> I am only 5'4". We have, uh, we have commentary where the actor and the director yell at each other. Alex. Hi, how are you? No, you're the amateur. Uh, the famous one of those, I don't know if you've heard, Alex, is uh, Armageddon, where Michael Bay yells at Ben Affleck on the commentary. <laughs> I've ben heard Affleck's Ben Affleck like, is famously very funny on his commentaries, but well, yeah. not, not, maybe not that's that one. Why, well, Michael Bay <laughs> that's is making why it's fun of the commentary. premise of the movie. He's like, why wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts to drill instead of teaching drillers to be astronauts and michael bay's like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up i hate you and it's like on the commentary i should see if i can find the clip and put it in the break it's like That's really great. good like it's funny even that you got michael bay and ben affleck to do the commentary for armageddon sure. in the first place like like i do it's funny that you think that wouldn't be either boring or uh <laughs> disaster <laughs> Like, yeah, like, anger-fueled. <laughs> we have hours of unfinished animatics. Seb. That's me. Uh, I don't have a joke guy, about that. Yeah. One, oh, You're, like, one. covering one your, is... you, between your face and the microphone with your hand right now. I don't know if that's picking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's to keep keep them from being hurt. You know, it's to protect their, their identity. It's to protect yeah. you, not to protect me. Yeah, I had COVID. I can't let any COVID get through the mic and go over the internet to you go guys. Go over the it's airwaves. Keep, yeah. keep your earbuds at least six feet from your ears. During oh, this sh- shit. <laughs> no, not you, though. Oh, okay. Well, actually, you do. It's actually the it. ideal way to yeah. listen to our show anyway, with the speakers six <laughs> feet away from you. <laughs> we got that listen, Betty. We don't care about the rest. Okay, and who's so, our host? I am your. Who are you? I, I am your Nick's host. reading an article no, after <laughs> making an hour. No, I don't have anything else open. It's just Discord and this. I don't even have my phone on right now. Nick's watching a DVD commentary of Armageddon. Man, right I wish, dude. Do you don't have any idea how much I would rather be That's watching? That's three the DVDs? out of four hosts who have said they'd rather be doing something else right now. If if the circumstances oh, we were not so bad, I want to be. In your basement, so badly right now. That, well, you were invited. I but. no, I. I just felt as though that would solve the problem. If, besides, if I got there and then found out my laptop broke, this we would I still have the yeah, exact same right. problem. Right. You could have used uh, mine, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, who are you? Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm your host. Stories about repurposed James Bond props, Nick. And uh, th- we all kind of went all over the place uh, with this because we haven't really been seeing each other and. Uh, 
So we've had even less contact than usual about what we were doing mm. for this episode. Yeah, I'm completely and in the dark here. I am really looking forward to hearing oh, what yeah. you guys ended up God figured out. What's going on. Uh, what you guys yeah. ended up uh, choosing. What you freaks and chose. Apologies for no post last week. Yeah, um, we tried. Oh, yeah. we well, there tried. are times where we don't record a show every week. We have, I think, Every single week since we started the podcast, posted something. Yeah, I think this this might this is like our first skipped week in a while. Yeah, and it is because my job tried to kill me. Yeah, so did Cam's in a different way. It was yeah, it was the yeah, your job tried to kill you. They tried to, to they tried to, kill to others, uh, do a, a substitute goal. episode, guys. Nice, they really nice, did. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I work too much, and Seb, yeah. Seb got the novel Corona. What's the funny thing to call it now? The vid? Yeah. The vid? I don't like calling it the Kid vid. vid. It's like diminishing. Did you see how somebody vid is just made good. up the name for it, and then all the news outlets picked it up like it was real, like a scientist did it? Somebody's like, well, they should call the new variant Centaurus, and then just like BBC News or whatever saw that and just, just did it. Yeah, it yeah. must be real. Is that like how <laughs> someone was like, Kojima shot the Prime Minister and <laughs> yeah. was like, fine. Oh, yeah, like, it's yeah. like, oh, the news story has to come out now, so we can't check to see if it's correct and so this is the only source and it's a twitter account called balls deep gamer <laughs> balls deep gamer was the first person to break Stop. that metroid prime trilogy might be coming out maybe in a million years <laughs> Sam, some balls balls it already came Voldemort out on the Wii, Nick. You missed metroid it. is still a Nintendo but again property oh, yeah, the last metroid is in captivity the galaxies of <laughs> but nintendo has captured the last metro game <laughs> they have so um seb had a great idea for a first segment which is what we would do for the special features and deleted scenes of our own show uh and i would love if there were like you know, I dream of having like a, a stupid box set based on something that I do. I love. I feel like that is like the goal to look at a dumb piece yeah. of plastic that is not worth being manufactured. That's going to hold a bunch of discs or files or whatever. Hold our show on a hundred discs, <laughs> especially if it doesn't like fit in your bookcase. Like, it doesn't like, fit right. It's, it's, it's like one of the. It yeah. has to be. A it's statement. the Simpsons it's just a little bit too tall. DVD case where it's the Homer head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. All the other ones are perfectly aligned. Yeah, that one just looks like shit. This one has eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, I do think a like a yellow kind of skull head, rounded, well, should, rounded should uh, we, shape. Yeah, thing. should we start with the design of the package? Yeah, yeah design, design of the right box. Now. Oh, I think idea. that we could probably, if we broke it into years, that there's like you know plenty of you know like hundreds and hundreds of hours per year. And then you can see it like it's almost like seasons of a TV podcast show. year one podcast, podcast year one year. podcast. Mm-hmm. The first yeah, 100 we episodes coined, we did do it as years. We should have done it as like, you know, when some shows are like part one yeah. is like 10 episodes or something. Yeah. We should have called it like execution one, or like <laughs> attack one, or something. phase one. What, is yeah, like, what, if we, you know, what if we were, we, uh, we what if do we our did topics, we record just... everything at once and then yeah, release phases. it all in June? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I don't get it's it. the Supreme Court idea again from the uh, yeah from, it's, from every from one of Seth's episode. jokes is the Supreme Court. I, I have to tell you guys, I don't know what the Supreme Court is, and you guys keep bringing it. <laughs> don't don't know need what to it know. It it's the Star matter. Wars thing, right? <laughs> the Council. <laughs> Yeah. With Yaddle? Yeah. Yaddle yeah. I, I'm pretty ETs? sure that Anakin was mad because they didn't let him on the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's because he was anti-abortion. Whoa. Anyway, where are we? <laughs> oh, on? boy. No, they, no, they would have let him yeah, on they... if he was. 
Wait. <laughs> so yeah, I think we need a giant cartoon novelty skull that is our guy. Yes, our I guy. think so. Um, no, I I think we need a, a tiny square that's got a 900, 900 by nine hundred pixelated thumbnail on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's just a little tiny, a little square. Oh, that would be really just cute. big enough for the DVD. I kind of want you know how Alex, you know how they used or like to package just the, big uh, enough for a USB drive. You know how they yeah. used to package the uh, the PC big boxes, right, where they sure. were like all weird shapes and, and, and then sizes. Fold out, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. And there's like a, an anti piracy decoder in there for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you have to do. You have to look at the box through a kaleidoscope to find the code that you have to enter in. Because <laughs> when, when you put it into your the computer, game. when you can put it into your computer that has a CD drive. We still have to make sure you didn't somehow pirate the game. So uh, a little pop-up happens that says, please enter the code you find by looking yeah. through the kaleidoscope at the, the manual. The, the but wheel your, of dog, faces. your dog shoot away the page of the kaleidos of like the, 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 the code that you need to look at. And you're just like, oh, fuck it. I just got to look up a yeah. CD key online, dude. This fucking sucks. <laughs> please don't cast with the fucking... Uh, uh, you know, I'm also thinking about putting Denuvo on our on our stuff. Just just for, oh just yeah, for safety. the GRM that uh, is a rootkit that uh, <laughs> yeah. installs itself yeah. in your operating system. Put putting some put some DRM on our uh, on our physical release of the podcast. The podcast should be always online. <laughs> well, in a way, right, we if are. You don't, if you don't have an internet connection, you can't listen to the podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Did you? Uh, are you on your drive to work There's... and you lost service? Can't, can't there's tell, there's can't the console you. for people no like that. It's the Xbox 360. Oh okay? wow! Kind of... <laughs> the, Are we always online? The yeah. ancient yeah. pull. Yeah. Nope. Okay, I'm that not hurts. listening. About, yeah. No, I had to. It was a work voice message. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. They said, "Sorry, you don't have a weekend." The freezer <laughs> is broken, so we have to take all the ice cream out mm. now. Does uh, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cam, that's uh, fine. Um. Do you think that we should have like a big box set with everything in, or do you, would you rather split it like chunks, like year or? Well, I think oh, we make, we make more money, money if we do individual yeah, releases. Buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think bonus episodes are another box, and hazmats is another box that is actually made of like lead or something. <laughs> yeah, something that <laughs> yeah. could kill you. Like uranium two thirty five or something. But it's These also keeping literally. the hazardous materials inside the radiation away from you. No, I, I like uh, the idea oh, that it's like you can't open the hazardous materials sense. box because it's got like the radiation shielding on it. It's one of those things that like it releases the, a toxic yeah. gas when you open it. <laughs> it's, I was gonna say it's one of the disposal. It kills you when you buy it. It's one of the disposal things that like has like the like ultra dense metal shielding that has like this is not a, a file of honor yeah on it. Oh, yeah that's good no need is to it's like not a file heavy, of honor i like a heavy product when you buy it and you're like oh fuck they don't yeah, need to put one a... of those tags on it at the store because you could not physically lift it out of the store you could <laughs> yeah, not you steal it escape with it <laughs> it sets off the alarm even when you buy it so like what are you well other Other shows. I just bought these shoes that have like this metal hang tag on them, that is like actually solid metal and very heavy, and it's like very satisfying. Can't can't walk into any airport with those shoes on. Yeah, you can't. (laughs) A lot of games and movies have steel books, but I think that Seb's onto the right idea. We could have be the first lead book. (laughs) I didn't do that. You said lead. No, we're we're gonna give you credit for that. I think. I'll give you credit for that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you credit for the idea lead to lead poison our listeners. <laughs> yeah, drop the the, it's cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <Lead> nice. 
Or it could, it could just be made out of normal shit, but it could be um, known to cause cancer in the state of California. Mm, yeah. well, lots of if things. You put it on your balls. I feel will, like we yeah. could probably yeah. manage that. So that's a that's a hazardous material, isn't it? There should be a it's button that emits microwave. We should have a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cook a burrito with our box. Oh, yeah. You can cook we food. Could, our hazmat's collection uh, is like we're coming up with ways to injure and damage our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, well, we already came up with special one. souvenir yeah, from we, Seb's yeah, apartment. We could have all right. Special souvenir from Seb's apartment. I could scrape off some of the asbestos popcorn ceiling that I have, Ooh. and and add that to every box. That's good. Okay. There's just like and a really tiny the, piece. We bottle. It's like how we bottle yeah, the, how the Kiss comic had a little bit of blood of uh, the band's blood in the ink. Yeah, yeah. That rocks. That printed that rocks so yeah. hard. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I think it would have to be about 7,000 discs, too. I really like yeah. the collections that are just so many discs. Like, it's like one Jesus episode Christ. of the show per disc. Like, we don't even have 7,000 episodes. Like, You'd have you to, like, could, break yeah. the episodes up into chunks. No, I think that we could, do, we could do at least we could do one episode per disc, and then we have a bunch of blank ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just have to get The guess. blank ones are the, are the more expensive, uh, rare ones. Right, right. Uh, so... Um, it's all unlabeled. On this, yeah. uh, on this hypothetical uh, box set, we've got one of the special features, I think, would be uh, Alex and I talking about our uh, scrapped Brain Genius episode that we almost did as a whole. <laughs> we almost did just yeah. fill in, yeah. Uh, so, uh, we made ourselves smarter. Also have, this is something that I've had have... in my back pocket for a little while, uh, listeners, what is I try to keep a little list on my phone of hazardous materials ideas for emergencies or for when we don't have something that will fit like an established theme. Like let's say our episodes don't really lend themselves to something related for a hazmat, something that could be funny. And Cam said, oh, it's stupid that we always watch a bad movie or or, or play a bad game or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I, think that's, that's a, I think that's a valid criticism. We so let's do a bad thing. So let's try something different. Kill now, somebody. Lots, <laughs> lots of people, uh, you know, uh, it, it is an often repeated self-help thing that, that humans only use 10% of their brain or they don't use all their potential. And we've clowned on this a bunch on the show because yes. there's like three movies about this yes. concept. <laughs> and one of one of them was uh, Seb's palate cleanser after watching Clockwork Orange, so uh, which was Limitless. <laughs> so yeah. It has come up on the show a couple times. Yes, it's been, it's been. And it's always new, me going it, like, the pill movie, I can't remember the name. And we all like love it. So <laughs> <know what> <laughs> I'm always excited to talk about Limitless. I've never seen that whole movie. I've seen like I've pieces seen of it. it on TV. I don't even remember that it that well because it would have been it, funny. Like it was so long ago. It would have been a good bit to watch the special features of Limitless for this episode. Mm. I, I've either seen that or um, Jumper, and I'm not sure which one I've. I've definitely not seen Jumper. I, I feel like I'm pretty safe. I saw somebody play through that whole game that was based on that movie because it was like Portal. No, <laughs> it was like a three out of ten. It was like one of uh, Xbox Live's first like downloadable things. I think. It was Jesus like a really Christ. famously bad game, but it was one of the things that people would be like, hey, this is, this is easy achievements, it's cheap everywhere, and it's really funny how bad it is. So people would like We might be at prime time to remake Jumper. I think we might. All the multiverse shit yeah. that's going on. Like, people... So I think, the same, like, I think our, Leap or Sliders is like the, the big <clears> thing. Like, that, that the first thing that comes to mind in terms of like an alternate universe jumping thing. I think our DVD well, box that, set might like... need to have a copy of the remake of Jumper in there. <laughs> Actually, guys, I, I think jumper, you should. Uh, Flubber two. Yeah, Flubber two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need a third one. I can't. Uh, yeah. Do we have a third thing that we've um, joked about thing? existing? Well, it's uh, it's going to be our the copies of our Watchmen games that we made. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, crazy taxi. Crazy taxi. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan's crazy taxi. Uh, Young Rorschach was a TV show that you invented, Cam. I think. Yeah. Or um, our children's Watch movies. Mm-hmm. No, the oh. um. Those are kids. What was it? it was one? our ones. Alex said he was just going to do yeah. the Mario movie, which was pretty good. Just that was it. from our Penguins episode. That's good. Um, so I want to add every everything. Every single one has a little paper doll of Don't Day, and he's just got these little. That's oh, nice. That's like that. That's that sounds like kind of a good feature. Um, yeah. Yeah, we so, can't have that. So oh, okay. uh, <laughs> to give you a little taste of the behind the scenes special feature, Alex, I want to know how did your attempt at being a brain genius go? Um, I uh, had some vitamin D pills laying around, so I did take those. <laughs> Uh, I also went you to took the... all of them. <laughs> Make you more tan. I also went to the beach a couple times, so I think I might have OD'd on VD. <laughs> you just like absorbed too much sun. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I I got too much D going on here. Just gonna soak up the sun. Um, I'm not any smarter though, uh, right. unfortunately. You have sure? you, you have you tried it? to quantify that? Um, one or so I. When we, I was doing a little bit of preparation for this when Nick pitched it as an episode, uh, and one of the, a lot of the things that I found on these listicles were just things that you would normally do in your everyday life. It's like, oh, if you work out more, you'll feel better. That'll make you smarter. Eat, yeah. Try Eat a vegetable. A vegetable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, honestly. Hey, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, Which I mean, um, yeah. yeah. Um, my, Sleep. Perhaps my favorite one was just have sex more. Was a, it was the thing that they suggested. It's like, oh, it actually makes you smarter. Which I'm like, all right, buddy, I'll I'll go ahead and do that. Oh, let me just go out and have some sex. (laughs) Excuse me, can you have sex with me? I'm trying to get smarter. I want to be smarter. I'm trying to pass my exams. Can you please fuck me? And this, you know, it's the only way I ever get any action. But um, <laughs> the professor's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Being ace, th- there's people I know who have lots of sex who are quite dumb. Mm. Well, maybe they're um, just not having enough. I mm. yeah, that's but, like this is the exact opposite of that one. One of my favorite Seinfeld episodes where no, George no, does stop having sex. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think that's well, no, that's Al- Elaine's plot. Elaine's plot well, is she yes, needs to keep Elaine, having sex. Yeah, Elaine so, is so the opposite, for her, yes. it does it does do it. That's true. Oh, yeah, if, if you uh, or if if you stop masturbating, uh, then you become super. Oh sane. man, all oh, the wait, semen yeah, retention yeah, fools. Yeah, if you yeah, retain your semen. You yeah. get telekinesis. Those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. extremely powerful. You That's a whole subsection of the internet that might be yeah. outside the yeah. purviews of this episode. I but. was so I was really excited <laughs> for this idea because um, I wanted these guys to like quantify like how smart yeah, are they before? I, I think we how smart are they be- after? And then like <laughs> test that against my sick COVID brain. <laughs> Because I, I, I was so fucking out of it. Quantifying I think intelligence. you definitely yeah, need to take the... some weird memory test or something. We would yeah. have had to have planned it a little better, I think. I, but, I, I, I do I, have we on, still do on the docket um, online uh, personality and, and like intelligence quizzes. I had some for uh, some like ideas drawn up and everything, but I at, at a certain point in the week, I realized I hadn't heard from Cam in four days. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to be able to be on this if we do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally just like out of commission. Yeah, it's like so eight that... days in a, my second eight day in a row week, just like ten to eleven hours. I was dead. Yeah, that led to uh, a there, scrap. There was the no episode. room for podcast. There was no room for you to be a brain genius in there. Hmm. You didn't have any time to yeah. increase. I'd your like to do it at some point, though. So I, I love the idea of. We might circle back to that as an episode, but uh, we're definitely including it on our special features. I think. Absolutely. 
What's another scrapped one like that we? Oh, we can put Nick's first segment. <laughs> you you really love bringing that. that like we, <laughs> awful I idea. love it because it's, it's one of our only like recorded failed <laughs> attempts. It's the only time we deleted like twenty five minutes of the show. <laughs> so this was this was from the midsummer episode. And the conceit was that I had written a bunch no, of right. fake, Nick fake had a great we, idea. We talked about this recently, Abby, didn't dumb we? Yeah. To do it. It, was, it was a bunch of fake Dear Abby letters based on episodes of the show, things that we had yeah, done this was on, for the this show. This was on our 200th episode. We talked about we it talked a little bit it. on a 200th okay, episode. Okay, yeah, all right. And so I wrote like something along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, Dear Abby is, you know, is my, is my husband... Uh, is my husband losing touch with me or am I just being insensitive? And it was clearly written from the perspective of, of uh, Shelley Duvall in The Shining. And like... Okay, it was clearly written. I, I, okay, so this, here's where the problem comes in, right? Here's where the problem comes in. Oh, the problem comes in was we're dumb as shit. <laughs> I, was, I did not write them from the uh, intent that it was a puzzle to guess them. I thought that it would be funny to... Pretend that we could solve fictional characters' love lives of of of, of, me, of different mediums, it, especially ones that like ended in obvious disaster, like you know people trying to kill each other, or you know uh, I I had one written from the perspective of uh, James and Silent Hill too that I thought was really funny, and we just like we we steamrolled that we, we blew right well, past it. I, I got caught up in trying to figure out what was what, like guessing the answer. <laughs> I, I think it worked, <laughs> but the problem was that we we it was sprung on us, so we, we were scared <laughs> and, and unprepared and just wanted to find out what the deal was. Yeah, you're like, oh, who's we're that? Behind. We were way behind. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna make a deal. Yeah, uh, but. I think that we should pro- we should probably uh, move into yeah, our main hell. segment of the show. So we will take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll hit you with those real special features that we watched. The most special features. The most duplicating the Luke Skywalker role, but you see the echo of where it all is going to go. And instead of do- destroying the Death Star, he destroys the ship that controls the robots. Again, it's like poetry, it's sort of they rhyme. Mm-hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer, this is Langston from Regal View. Finding my white voice. Well, you know, it was it was a difficult process. You know, I have a, I have a very very you know street urban accent. If you could put a Brooks Brothers jacket and a pair of Dockers on a voice, well, that's 
That's what we got. How much white is too white for this voice? I would say if you're pronouncing the letter H in the word white, you've gone too white. White voice at all times here. I uh, almost forgot. A lot of people were adamant that I not do this. They were anxious for me to fail. The guy from The Hollywood Reporter. Sean Hannity. The guy from The Telegraph. Bokeem Woodbine. Your young daughter who was just born. Every shift manager at every Bennigan's I've ever either eaten in or worked in. This was definitely one of the harder things I've done. This and then also when I played the lead role in Veronica Mars. Practicing repeatedly every day, I would set the alarm, 6.15, and I would do a classic, we're gonna be late for soccer. We're going to be late for soccer. We're going to be late for soccer. Yeah, that's kinda, yeah, I got it. Patton Oswalt did the, we're all, we're gonna be he late for- It's a three-hour time difference. I'm in New York, he's in LA. He's probably still masturbating. A lot of people talk about a cultural appropriation. I had to culturally disappropriate. They've already given me a number of awards that aren't necessarily associated with this kind of thing. I've gotten a Peabody, a Booker Award, Caldecott, you know, which is an award for illustrating children's books. Come time for the White Voice Oscars, I think a lot of people are gonna be eating some crow. It's zero, yeah. baby. Shouldn't it be wow. one? No, you don't have to go. No. Uh, you don't have to go anywhere, right? To reach Ryu, you don't have to go what's, anywhere. What's evil Ryu's Ryu number? One. That's See, because they're distinct <laughs> entities, right? So, okay. if they appear in a so game together, so yeah. So if you say like, what's Shaquille O'Neal's Ryu number? I'm pretty sure he's in NBA Street, which has Mario, and then Mario is in Smash with Ryu. So that's a Ryu number of two. For Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I'm about the same. Yeah, you're about the same. What? what yeah. uh, who do you have? You appeared in anything that? Uh... You put my Me Fighter into Smash Bros. So. Uh... <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I didn't <laughs> think about that. That's actually pretty impressive. I have not put myself into any games that have Ryu in them. Uh, you're correct, Nick. It's uh, the connection is Shaq Mario Ryu. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, see, I could do this. Like. Yeah, that's the case with most basketball and, players, and, uh, I think. Michael Jordan has a Ryu number of three. Well, because he's, well, he's not in NBA Street. So. But he's in a game with Shaq. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. So you could so you can do that. I'm in Mortal Kombat 3, so oh, my shit. Ryu you, number it's, is... it's one of those things where you have to yeah. beat it without blocking, right? That's why I never unlocked you. Yeah. yeah what no, what do you got to do? Cam is just smoke. You, you oh, haven't seen him? Oh, so, oh, never mind. Uh, were you human smoke in that game or, or robo <laughs> yeah, smoke? I'm, I'm smoke. No, I was human smoke. <laughs> oh, man. Human Smoke looks amazing in MK3. I, I, he's got like an insane design. Or maybe I'm thinking of him in one of the other games when he had. Nope. Uh, he just looks like uh, just looks normal 
I normal ish in uh, in MK3. I'm thinking of like one of the later games where he has the crazy hair. Like he he looks like Doc Brown or something when he takes the mask off. But uh, all right, to add myself to the list of people who want this to be over, let's get this over with. All right, all right. I just posted a picture of Cam in the chat. Um, so <laughs> that's smoke, all right. <laughs> yep. There you, there I am. <laughs> that could be it's me. It's just like him. You could do it. That couldn't not be me. I mean, I guess he's ripped. So <laughs> <laughs> you're almost there. That's you don't have to face. be ripped. He is wearing clothes, so you could fake it. But look at his arms. <laughs> Um, you could fake right, oh, got those. Kim, what about this? I think this is you. <laughs> <laughs> Luxurious locks right now. Yeah. All right. Too curly. You need you I'm need a flat sorry. iron. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and human smoke to segment two of iron. what? <laughs> a flat iron. That's how you straighten your hair. I thought you meant the steak. No, no. Um Welcome back to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends on It, the show where we do something. Ev- different every single week and this week we delved right into our own bloopers to look at some special features on uh movies and tv and such alex what was the genesis for this episode uh well i've been thinking about dvds a lot lately Mm. um i've been (laughs) cam just give me a look uh i've been (laughs) um ripping a lot of the dvds and physical media that i own to make files out of them um, and one of the things that happens when you do that is it just dumps a bunch of files into a folder um, and they're just like barely labeled. Uh-huh. So half the time I would click on one thinking it was the movie, but it was like a trailer for Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. Uh, but like... it will... all right, they're all just labeled chapter. Yeah, there were like 01, 02. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Um, but I, I accidentally pulled a bunch of weird bonus features from some of the DVDs that I've ripped. And um, I was talking to Seb about this before we started recording, but um, if you pull a DVD, like the menu, like the like one minute music loop, animation loop will be its own track in there. That's so, so funny. You can, you can just like, oh, like I want to see Doc Ock fly around. It's like, okay, perfect. I've got the one minute video of him doing that from the DVD. <laughs> um, but just in exploring all this, it has really made me nostalgic for these kinds of things. Uh, when you buy a movie now, generally, you get the movie. Uh, you don't get a ton of this stuff anymore. When DVDs were newer, they were like, oh, we can fit a ton of shit on this disc. But Let's I think put now... all the behind the scenes stuff on there. I think now they're like, most people are going to watch this on some kind of streaming whatever. And so yeah. it is not worth our money to try and make the Blu-ray valuable. Because if yes. people, the people who are going to buy it are going to buy it anyway, whether we make it valuable or not. <laughs> so let's make it out of the cheapest plastic with literally nothing else but the movie on it. Yeah. Well, um, wait, the DVD doesn't have any shit on it? I, I was thinking more like buying a... You know, a digital version or something. Well, well even if you like, buy it like a new Blu-ray, right, right, right now, you don't get a ton of stuff. I, I think at least that's my are, experience. It depends. Some releases of course. Are there are some yeah. releases that are better than others, and it's because especially know, if it's an older movie too. Yeah. Sometimes, like if it's the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future, oh, it's like yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you'll okay, get all the yeah, stuff yeah. in there. But mm-hmm. if you just buy yeah. a disc for Jurassic World Dominion, you're gonna get nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not even a good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so the um, the thing that I see mostly out of this is that movies where there is potential for somebody to be a collector 
is where they will attempt to put in some effort. I have a really nice uh, Into the Spider-Verse Blu-ray that I loaned to Seb that has a lot of good features on there because that's the kind of thing, both because it is a comic book and because it is animation, that people tend to get weird about you know like they they want to they yeah. want all the extras they want to see all the animatics they want to see all the all the test footage they want to see the stuff that got cut they want to see the storyboards they want to see you know uh all the uh, voice acting recording sessions like that's the kind of thing that gets kept for an animated movie and a, yeah, a lot of the time um, anyway not always uh w- when i was living with bank she she's huge dvd collector um, and this was one of her, her major gripes was that um, everything's going to streaming. You don't get stuff like that anymore. Yeah. She'd be really disappointed when she got a Blu-ray and it was only the movie um, in, in the trailers. They, they always put the trailers on the DVDs and movies. And I was I never <laughs> yeah. liked that. I was like, I already have it. You don't need to advertise it to me. But um, <laughs> she's like, I, I kind of wished that I was still living with her. And actually, during the course of like doing this this episode like she actually moved back uh closer but um anyway so she uh she had all this stuff um because she's she's that mark she's the the animation nerd yeah who loves to see, see all the, the stuff on it yeah yeah <laughs> and get all get all the cool stuff and get the art book and and stuff like that yeah this is just one of those things where i you know uh you mentioned that Seb kim also mentioned it just like the way that we watch movies anymore isn't really conducive to this kind of thing or they just don't want to put in the effort to give us these types of things. But like if you clicked on a movie on Netflix, you don't get any of the context around how they made the movie or uh, yeah, any I, of that stuff anymore. I, I, I was saying earlier when I was watching stuff with uh, Alex that I wish they could have something like the DVD menu in a place like Netflix. I know they could do that. I mean, we, yeah, ha- we did just, Bandersnatch, <laughs> and that's interactive. I really you know? think that, um, like, someone like Disney+, Plus, right? Like, the, you have all of this shit lying around, Disney. The yeah. commentary yeah, track the should be selectable as an audio track, like a language. I really feel like that the wouldn't be that hard to do. streaming service to do this shit will crush all, all other streaming services. It's, uh, I mean, if you want to be a, a snob like me, I think that yeah, the I, Criterion, sort of the Criterion call, Channel, yeah, Criterion there Channel is. does <laughs> have this shit, and it rules. I have to watch Weed. Well, Amazon has Amazon too. X-Ray. Uh, it's like a- <laughs> the man riding the train to work, the best movie Nick's ever seen. Uh, look, that, the opening <laughs> to Half-Life 1 is very good, Alex, and I'll have you know that I quite enjoy it. Uh, but no, I, I know you, you like, and justifiably so, you like to make fun of me for stuff like that. But I think <laughs> that there is a movie that could probably be your new favorite movie on there like every month, Cam. Of course. Yeah, if I was French, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd love all You don't all have to be French. <laughs> but it helps. You don't have to be French to work <laughs> no, here. No. <laughs> they have that sign up at your work, Cam? <laughs> no, every, he brings no, that, you have to bring that, that with you, right? You have to be Jamaican to work where Yeah, Cam we had works. one French person that they quit so fast. It was crazy. French people have self-respect. You you know how their, um, their like, worker <laughs> rights the are I've over seen. there? They're fucking great. Huh? They tried to what? decrease vacation hours by 30 minutes, and they're the, you know, the... Prime Minister's house got sprayed with sewage. Is one yeah, of those brought the yeah. brought the guillotines back out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we have these any day. Yeah, like. we just we keep them dusted for this reason. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> we'll bring them back out. They're on wheels. Um, um, no, yeah, yeah so I what, wanted to do the um, Criterion as much as I like to make fun of Nick for the. Well, they are the only people who still do this, me. really. Well, they care about <laughs> but, like like they're because they're 
like you know they're art freaks so they care about like the the art the what somebody actually intended or wanted to say or had a vision for so they'll have if it's too old for anyone who made the film to be alive they're like okay we'll get critics we'll get actors who were inspired by this film we'll have them do a commentary track or whatever and if the people are still alive then you have then you see like okay who can we round up to to talk about this this could be fun yeah two years in a row nick has gotten me um uh criterion dvds of movies he thinks i would like or have you know i've already seen and like and like they're so the quality on those is absolutely crazy like they come with a poster the the dvd case is nice the menus are nice the option like everything is just nice did you and it's like did you crack open any of those for this episode I didn't, unfortunately. I wanted to. That was my plan the whole time. But um, do you want to jump into what you did? I think we're yeah. good on the preamble here. Yeah. If you oh, want, uh, want to start. Us well, off. I don't want to step on your toes too much because it's also what you did, <laughs> mostly. Oh, all right. I watched. I watched a couple um, outside of what Alex did. Um, Evil Dead uh, behind the scenes, which is crazy because. So this podcast that Alex and I also listened to uh, called Blank Check mm-hmm. just did their whole Sam Raimi series of like. They went through his whole filmography, yeah. All his movies, and it's like, you know, when you watch Evil Dead, it's like, you know, you imagine what the director is, and it's like the um, zombie UK guy from Vampire Savior. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a punk rocker with a with his an exposed rib cage. (laughs) Yeah, but instead, it's like this very nice man. This weird (laughs) timid dude. We watched him on the Spider-Man 2 DVD just a little while ago, and he's just there, like, he's just talking very softly and calmly, and he's wearing a suit on (laughs) on this set where they set a building on fire. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so famously he wears a suit when he directs, because he's like, I'm coming to work, this is my job. Yeah, I'm clocking in to business work. Very funny. That is such a a funny way to approach I definitely do emails all day. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, Would you call like, directing a movie emails or farm? No, that's farm. It's farm. No, you're no if you're if you're, you're operating things. the camera, you're farm. If you're doing the directing, yeah, you make things. I, I think uh, that yeah. if you're producing well, the way something... Sam Raimi does it, that's farm. <laughs> All right. Okay. He's if you're the physically down. punching Bruce Campbell, then that's farm. <laughs> yeah, they're they're setting things on it. fire. That's slash and burn agriculture. He's kicking him in the balls for every take. So was this but, the Evil uh, Dead One stuff? No, like, this is Evil Dead Two. Oh, okay. All right um but it's so so funny. after they had a little bit of money but mm-hmm. still not that much yeah but not enough <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was so funny because they introduced it as like the effects guy the acting director guy and like like three side guys just talking about Raimi, and then they introduce Raimi. so it's so funny like they they all just have nothing good to say about him they all just dunk on him the whole time That's like so in a good. loving way yeah well it's it's but making like, a movie with your friends a lot of those early Raimi films were kind of yeah that's the vibe at least but they just characterize him as such a dork it's yeah. so funny like they're just like oh this guy he loves three stooges one of the the scene we're about to shoot is literally ripped from a three stooges <laughs> <laughs> instead of a grape it's an eyeball and like that's that's and then they show it and it's like exactly the same it's so funny and Remy acts out the whole thing he's such like a dork it's it's like secondhand embarrassing like watching him like act out what it is but like I knew those would be good to watch because after listening to this podcast series, like he's such a, like a hands-on guy and like 
knows exactly what he wants and his style comes through so well and stuff like that that's kind of the a different the perspective scenes. on seeing on like thinking about evil dead one to see what like to see behind the curtain a little evil bit dead two. yeah I, and uh, um this dovetails into another thing we watched was which is the episode one uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm so happy Jesus you guys did this Christ. because i how i i've seen some of this before because so, every time people are talking and arguing about star wars online the clips from the behind the scenes of the phantom menace get linked around like because oh, so they're on youtube somewhere yeah. or they used to be they might be all gone now it's um, an hour-long featurette but <laughs> it's I, you, you can talk about it a little bit, Cam, because I have plenty of stuff to, to bring up. So, <laughs> oh, okay. if, if you want to, I mean, you want to take it. It, it is just it like is watching like, this. It's like watching the build up to a horror movie. Like you know when the kill the kill is going to happen. Well, no, it, I I think completely opposite on it. Like, I was joking. I well, was like, before I get to that, it's like, how does any fucking movie ever get made? Yes, it's, it's so yes. fucking complicated. Yes, that's the, absolutely the underlying people. thing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so crazy, especially on Star Wars. But, like, in the Evil Dead shit, they're like, okay, we got an eyeball on a stick. You got to film it from this angle so that you can't see the stick. And then, like, <laughs> we have a fucking Muppet, like, half-naked zombie torso holding a chainsaw that this guy under the floorboard yeah. is <laughs> going like, to drag Barely off you. screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's a second where they're talking to the actress, like, you can't push back on me because I can't see. So, like, if you... <laughs> you need to let me get you. It's, like, so many moving parts. It's, like, how does any good movie ever come out? And then uh, Alex was watching the Star Wars Episode One one-hour featurette on, like, the making of the movie. And, like, dear dear God. Like, <laughs> the, the point that I, I got in on is they were filming in, like, an actual desert... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like in t- like Saudi Arabia or something in the Sahara yeah. for the for the pod racing scene and every it was time they basically all the Tatooine stuff they did on location in the desert in the they Middle East. I'm surprised they didn't just use the Mojave like they did, uh, you know, 20 years before that. <laughs> yeah, but even that is like, why didn't you use an easier desert? Yeah, that's so. That's me saying, why didn't you use an easier desert? Well, they had to fuck off money. They had new Star Wars (laughs) movie money. I guess that's true. I'm so anti all this Marvel green screen orb Disney shit. That's like Mandalorian was filmed in a 32 by 32 room. That's just like a circle, (laughs) and we've developed the technology to make the lighting work on green screen based on where Mm -hmm. the camera is. Like that's all fascinating. It's all blue walls. That it's it's a room with blue walls in it because they can film without ever having a real person touch a real prop ever yeah and you're like you see that and you're like that sucks and then you see george lucas in the desert in 120 degrees fahrenheit in the desert every interview with the actor is they're like i'm i'm in hell (laughs) and then a storm comes through and knocks over all the pod racers some of the big drama all the sets And you're like, no one should be doing this. It's too much work. Why are you doing all this shit? It's so dumb. Like, but you have a bunch of people better. sadly cleaning up the broken pieces of the pod racer. <laughs> and the the, hor- the worst part of it is when I watch Star Wars Episode One, I'm not like ah. The practical effects of Star Wars. The things you remember are the awful CG. It's the Windows yeah. 95 background that they do the last the Naboo, fight on. The Naboo tanks <laughs> rolling over the, the fucking Windows background. 
Windows XP, yeah, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it's just like soul crushing to see the billions and billions of dollars wasted on Well, like, I think it was before you jumped in on this, Cam, but um there was like a yeah. budget meeting or some sort of producer meeting, but they're like talking to George and they're like, Yeah, it's gonna be like six hundred million dollars to make these pod racers. He's like, Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. That's good. Yeah. No, <laughs> go ahead. Um it's a little different than the green screens, but have have you and it's kind of out of necessity. But have you guys seen the motion capture rigs for um, video games and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. oh they're it's, all it's, they they just wear a suit with a bunch of like points ping, on yeah, it, a bunch of ping pong and, balls, really. And they don't even really need cameras because it's the computer is capturing every yeah. like point where their body is. Seb, you should look. And up, then if um, they've, you should look up the one they did for I want to say Devil May Cry three. Because it's the voice actors for uh, Dante and Virgil are doing the motion yeah. capture, so they're doing yeah, the voice. No, they did that on Detroit. I watched yeah. a lot of that. They're stuff. doing the voices um, for the characters as they're pretending to fake sword fight, and they keep bugging yeah, to the, the camera. Is, it's really good. Um, in in Detroit, they they'll and like other ones where they actually use Detroit the actors like this. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they they became human. They they like scan them, and they'll use the scan. Of their skin, as the skin at, on the on the character, it's really yeah. weird. So every pore and every mole they oh, have gross. ends up on the character. It's it's insane. Well, it's the, like with the, Norman Reedus in Death Stranding. He looks sure like Norman Reedus. It's, yeah, he looks exactly like Norman Reedus. Yeah. Well, every that, boil and skin tag. And Guillermo and... <laughs> yeah. I think that is totally fascinating. But, like, the difference is you can't do it practically unless you're doing, like, an FMV thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I feel like they're going to try to move towards that, yeah. though, in, in movies, though, so that they can, like, have, like, they don't have to be stuck with the camera angles they have. Well, it costs a know? lot of money to make a movie, and I think if they can, mm-hmm. I, I, I think uh, they try to save money in some places by um, putting all of that money <laughs> into VFX artists that they can uh, fire after the movie is done. Right, right. They can yeah, abuse them because the they're non-union. Or overwork and make them make yes. an entire new Sonic because, rig yeah, in be- less than a year. Because <laughs> making a movie the traditional way Which uh, saved that movie, it, involves a lot of unions. Hey, the, the executive, <laughs> the executive changed their mind. Can you build a new Roman one day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, boss. <laughs> no problem. Oh god! Uh, anyway, um, while we're on the video game thing, the original Mortal Kombat like uh, motion oh, capture, the, yeah, the digitizing, that digitized that. actors. God, that rocks. Mm-hmm. But um, so you, anyway, so you movie, were, yeah, you were watching. Did you uh, get there before? Did you get there to, in time to see? Uh, it's like poetry; it rhymes, or or no? No, it, truly, one minute <laughs> into that featurette, he says yeah. that. <laughs> It's so quick, it's impossible to get Did you Did you get to the... Did, were you there when he says the thing about Jar Jar? Like, Jar Jar is a funnier character than we've ever had before. So That's like, also, he's, like, he's, two minutes He's in. the key to all of this. Like <laughs> It's it's also, like, 90% of what I got to see was... Or I chose to see was Jar Jar talk. And, like, the actor who does the, the physical part mm-hmm. of Jar Jar is awesome. Oh, yeah. And, like, really, just, like, a really good physical actor. So it's so sad to see that, you know, what came of that. But... Um, uh, the last thing I'll talk about is I, I did want to do like a full movie commentary, which I know Alex will get to because like movie commentaries are like my favorite things to watch, but they're usually comedians or like they're, they're usually the ones that we watch are, yeah, the podcasters we like talking over a movie that we like generally. So it's like a, it's a, you know, one uh, direction podcast with like a, a video element. So it's, it's just like perfect for me. 
The One Direction podcast? Uh, One Subject podcast? I don't know. You, like they you have like, like One D. Yeah, it's a One D podcast. Who's who's your who's your favorite? Seth uh, is going for the the artist. Who's the evil yeah. one? Zane. <laughs> the evil one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Zane is evil. Who cares? Sure. Zane. Z- yeah, that sounds like an evil name. It's got a Z in it. But um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So like I watched watching a, lot of a real commentary. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of those. I would have liked to do that, but unfortunately, I I chose to spend my time differently. It's but um, the last thing I'll mention is like showing how they did one of the effects in episode one, which, which is a scene that's completely burned into my brain, like forever, which is <laughs> yeah. the Darth Maul fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cause like I was the perfect age for that. And like the part where, Oh my God, you get so much good. Ewan McGregor content in this. He's, he's all video. over it. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's so good. And you, also you get to see Liam Neeson wearing the full Qui-Gon oh, man. in like, like like a neon ray band yeah he's wearing insane sunglasses in the desert wearing his whole outfit and sunglasses and a hat good (laughs) he's just relaxing anyway but there's the part where obi-wan gets knocked off of the place where they're fighting and is hanging and has to jump back up oh man like does the force force. jump that's been ruined for me by too many people editing it so that he jumps and then falls right back (laughs) down then falls (laughs) so they just reverse the footage so that it looks like he jumped too far and rolls (laughs) over the other side but uh, so they show how they wanted to do it, which was a trampoline, and they're like, "No, it." You can clearly see that he's bouncing. Yeah, George is like, then, "It looks like he's jumping on a trampoline. We can't do so it that way." They call over Liam Neeson, the guy who plays Darth Maul, and a couple other crew guys to just a bunch hold of grips. a two yeah. by four under him and just push him up so <laughs> it looks like he jumps really well. Like hold, you know, using his arm. That sounds so... kind of good. That sounds really good. It rocks. It's, it's like, it, yeah, it's like the thing where everybody throws the guy up in the air. Like he's a jolly good fellow, except he's standing on a, a two by four. And he's like pretending to be a Jedi. It was, they it just was so hoist cool. him up. It's really fun. <laughs> but yeah, I wish I had more uh, more time for this because this is a thing that I wanted oh, to. Oh, Cam, I know into. you really liked uh, uh, b- before we get off the Star Wars stuff. Um, there was a scene where Ewan, Ewan, McGregor, Ewan McGregor gets to pick his lightsaber. I, oh, <laughs> I remember I that. I was losing my yeah. mind over that. Can you imagine so having that him, opportunity? Like, it was like, it, it's more insane than you could ever imagine. They bring him like a steel suitcase with a felt, a foam like inside, and they open it with like six different lightsaber hilts in it. And they're just like, which one do you like? And that's like my... <laughs> absolute dream is to get to pick my lightsaber and the fact that that's just how they did it there's no fucking way that's how they do it now oh no they're like oh no we've already set up that this is your lightsaber sorry and it's like not even real like you just hold like a a stick and they're just edit the lightsaber around yeah and they they they've made the story they've told the story a lot of times i'm sure it's on one of those commentaries about how uh uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like, no, I want a purple lightsaber. And they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't done one of those one. before. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's do it. Sure, that sounds great. Sure, what the yeah. hell? And it rocks. Yeah, it did. It's one <laughs> of those, rock. like, whim decisions. That's cool. But, like, he picks one and he's like, well, how does it twirl? And, like, yeah, and then he does a couple well. of the moves. Yeah. And he, like, hangs it on his belt. And he's like, yeah, this is good. I like this. And they're like, oh, you like when it has a little bit of black in it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. I think it looks good it's hanging just, on my face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, it rocks so much this, that he got to pick a physical It is like, it's the, it's the Star Wars fan. It's the childhood dream. It's like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. 
in Disney World, you get to design your own lightsaber. And yeah. it's like and it's like a hundred dollars. Cool yeah. as that. Mm. It's so worth it. Sid <laughs> got me one of those for my birthday one year, and like uh, like built me one. And, and like, here's what I think you would like, and it was like one of the coolest gifts I've ever received. Yeah, it's so awesome. But yeah, I wish I, I my behind the scenes experience is a little um, centered around like actual behind the scenes, not actual like DVD extras. Well, I mean, that's still like um, I mean, that's exactly what we were what we're looking for in some ways, right, Alex? I, yeah, I kept it I kept it broad on purpose. I wanted to see where everyone went with it. So yeah, I was absolutely fascinated, and um, uh, I would have liked to explore this further but i wasn't able to but yeah who wants to go uh i'll oh seb does yeah all right go for it um yeah so before we met uh before uh before seb had to go into lockdown they were able to uh meet me briefly and uh, i was like oh do you want stuff for this episode and i just i donated some things but you already had plenty this is before we went to sid's party yeah so, yeah, we just went through some DVDs and stuff. Because I don't have that many... D- like, I've never been a collector of physical media. Mm-hmm. You don't have really. that disease? I, I'm, I'm just like... <laughs> I don't have that disease. Um, a, because it costs money. B, because I, I don't have a lot of space. Um, and I, I, if it if I want to stream it, I can just stream it. Um, oh, real, I'm not I'm, as... I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. But my last my last thing I wanted to say is I, I've okay. been so annoyed with streaming services lately that I was like, I'm going to be a DVD guy now. I'm going to get DVDs. They're cheap. It's the time to get into them because it's they're easy. all over the place. <laughs> Alex, yeah. Alex might talk about his Plex adventures soon. But yeah. Plex now is I'm so spoiled cool. by Blu-ray. Like, like, I didn't get Blu-ray for a while, and then I got a PS4 that the, could play Blu-ray. And I was noticeable. like, holy shit. It's pretty well, great. here's the thing, Seb. I was like, we have every streaming service ever, right? And uh, between yeah. the four of us, and it's like, I was like, okay, I'm sick of the selections on streaming services. I'm gonna go to the library and just get a bunch of DVDs because the local one lets you rent six, and I got four or five, and I brought them home, and I think four out of five were available to me on streaming services. Like I failed in my attempt to <laughs> yeah. get things that weren't like my whole thing was like i can't watch these on streaming you have to so like had, research you, gotta, you, gotta you want me to see oceans TV. 11 and i just like <laughs> fucked it up so bad yeah. like, i just got things i could have just watched um but yeah what was i was saying um yeah uh, I, I just have never not a dvd I, I don't have a lot yeah i have like my ghost in the shell dvds and blu-rays i have um utena um i have ergo proxy all anime uh, so far yeah, uh, Treasure Planet, <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Um, I've got Sonic X. Uh, <laughs> like, like, I have the Warcraft movie somebody gave me. I have the Warcraft movie, which is not really people in it. Which, uh, like, everyone's got CG on, on top of them. No, no, somebody gave it to me. I wasn't planning on, <laughs> okay, right. on getting it. Blizzard but somebody just gave sent it to me. It to you. Like, like, yeah, yeah. you've been like, for you so long. You played the game they... for 15 years. They just you give it to just you. have it. Everybody knows you, you play it. It'd you, be you weird have if you have didn't it. own this. Yeah, yeah, it would be weird. Because uh, I did go see the movie theaters. Yeah. I gave them money. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so I don't have a lot. Um, and a lot of those don't have very good good things on that so i i actually i did the treasure planet one for uh for this oh, disney uh, has, note. has been pretty good about this i don't know about your experience yet, but i also did well, a the, disney the treasure DVD. planet one the treasure planet one is all exactly the same stuff they just ripped the stuff out of the dvd 
plopped it on the okay. Blu-ray. Didn't even change the aspect ratio, so it oh. plays in a little tiny box oh, <laughs> gross. on the screen. It's really fucking weird. Uh, like, it's all still standard definition, all stuff that was, like, shot in 2001. Yep. Uh, they didn't want to do any extra work bad. for Treasure Planet, huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, bye, Cam. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so that was disappointing. Um, but, uh, what was I going uh, My brain. Oh, okay. So brain. Yeah, so you, you would think, yeah, really. Yeah. So speaking of, you would think that having COVID is a good time to watch movies and a good time to, to do this topic, but it was not. Because I was so fucking out of it, and my cat was in the hospital because she ate my Advil. Um, she's fine. Everyone, she's okay. Everyone does sick differently. I don't. I don't begrudge yeah, you for when not I'm sick, watching a bunch yeah. of DVDs. My cats go to the hospital. <laughs> they eat my medicine. I talked about it on our um, episode, but I played a lot of Death Stranding. Oh, that is a sickness. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I actually watched a few episodes of the Owl and House. I'm positive, very baby. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so later on, I, I did most. I actually did a little bit of Ghost in the Shell while I was sick, and then I did most of the rest of it like after. Now that you're now that you're um, on the mend. Yeah, now that I'm on the mend and can pay attention to something for for more than like five minutes. Um, so Ghost in the Shell, I watched the like, Ghost in the Shell is one of my favorite anime series, and um, it, it's just like so versatile w- with like the tone between the manga and the movie and the in the show but um so I, I was watching the the stuff for the um the blu-ray for the movie and all this stuff was so good right um there was a weird 90s like featurette about how they made the movie so so listeners ghost in the shell the movie came out in 1996 one of the one-two punch of of that and akira um, bringing the uh if you're in america it's like Oh, anime is for adults. Anime is yeah. not just for it's kids. Like it's dark, it's gritty. Yeah. yeah. Um so they they did this whole thing about it and it had like this like 90s like slideshow marble background with with like all this text and it would have like a little like like um box with an image of what was happening and then it would have like on the bottom, it's got the subtitles coming up in another box, and there's this like newscaster announcer talking like, oh, good the God. animators <laughs> use their systems called the Indigo 2 PC. Oh man, those things use, are insane. Uh, it's as big as they are, like they gotta stand up to use it. They're feeding tape into yeah, it. Yeah, actually, no, they're, 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 they're big, but they're not actually that big. Um, actually, I was excited when I saw it because LGR had yep, like, done exactly. a, a feature on the Indigo 2. <laughs> That's exactly and I was like, oh I my god, I know so. what that is. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, this was so early, I guess, in like CG animation. Oh, um, it was really they, early. They did yeah. a lot of CG stuff. It was really early. I mean, Pixar had come out with Toy Story and stuff, but they were calling this um, digitally generated animation. Uh, they, they, they didn't even have a standard DGI. term for it yet. DGA. Oh, DGA. Um, Oops. Yeah, animation. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's so so they did all this stuff, and they they'll show you like stuff turning around in like the wireframe on the TV, and and then they they'll they'll like interview like all the Japanese like artists and stuff like that. Um, it, like it was wild. Um, it, of course they were calling it Japan animation. Mm, yeah. Also, that's a classic throwback. Yep. Terrible, terrible yeah. name. 
Yeah, Japanimation. Yeah, like um, I, I mean, not, not like anime Portman, is any better Portman because it's just are the, not what bad. they say. Portmanteaus are not are not bad in general, but when it's that many syllables, you gotta cut it. Like that's it's too yeah. it's too long. Yeah, and and now if you try to say I draw Japanime style, that would be weird. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Um. But that was that was great. I actually really liked that one. Um. I didn't. Did they have any interview stuff, or was it mostly just talking? They did about interview how they stuff. Um, they did interview stuff, but that was most of what I watched before my cat had to go to the hospital. And I didn't feel like watching anything anymore. Fair. Um, in fact, I have down here the poison control hotline uh, number right under my notes. <laughs> uh, so, check the video if you want to, if you need yeah. to call the poison hotline. Um, after listening after to this, that, you might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that, I uh, once I got back onto it. I watched the cowboy, uh, cow bop beep boop. Um, that's, that's the COVID brain for you. Yeah. No, I actually do right. that normally. So cowboy bebop. What's I, on I that? say that in my I, brain. I, they, they had a lot of stuff um, with these sessions of, with the English voice actors I saw on the back of that. Yeah. Um, which I mean, the so, dub is famous over here. Like people, sure. people oh, yeah, worship the dub is that very dub. good. And rightfully so. It's, it's, yeah, it's still a very good dub. Um, I, I think it could be better. Uh, for for some characters, most, mostly for like background characters and stuff, but it, it is very good dub. Um, so they did the dub interviews. They had Steve Bloom. They had um, everybody else uh, whose names I'm very bad at. Um, I didn't know this. Um, the voice for um, help me out, Nick. What the voice Woman? for who? Faye. 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 No. Her cat. Yeah, your cat. Love interest. Ju- oh, Woman. Julia. Oh. Yeah. Julia, the the voice actress for Julia was also the voice director, and she just got plopped into that role because the guy who was going to do it was too busy doing um, like Ghost in the Shell or something oh, like wow. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this should like, and she didn't have really any directing experience except for in like college. So like a college <laughs> course where they're like, all right, everybody has to do like one of everything, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, so she, this should have been a disaster. Like, she didn't have any experience. And then she was also voice acting Julia. And what I found out was... Um, Julia's a very breathy, she emotional acted Julia. Julia's huh? a very yeah, breathy, emotional performance. And she only doesn't show up yeah. that often. She's only in a couple episodes. Yeah, she shows up later. And there's a, a lot of build-up to her. Um, and uh, so she was talking how they were dubbing this as the episodes came into them. They didn't watch the entire thing and then dub it. Mm-hmm. Um so she she said, wow, I'm in love with Spike Spiegel. Is it weird to be in love with an anime character? And she yes. was like, if he has a love interest, I am going to play him because I love him. <laughs> and she did. Wow. And she did a really good job. She was like, I don't care if I'm the right voice for it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, so... That those um that was a really fun like session of interviews, but it was like an hour and a half long. It was it was a I lot. Mean, if you're uh, they, if you're watching, they went through a section for if everybody. You're watching Cowboy Bebop in English, it's mostly because you want to hear those guys talk. So I mean, I can understand putting a They're putting a long voice, voice acting feature sure. in there. Also, I think it probably is pretty cheap to get these people together, mm-hmm. as opposed to I like. Oh, they I, go to every con ever. Oh yeah, and especially like compared to trying to get some of the people who actually made this in Japan to talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, it probably oh, yeah. makes a lot more sense to get these folks to talk. <laughs> yeah, Watanabe. What's uh, yeah. what about Watanabe? Is he where's where's he right now? He's off making. The, I don't know. He's making that Jazz Girls anime. That was years ago. I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is the last thing he did, though. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, so, so the um, the case said there was like Ian summer vacation, and it was like, oh my god, they did an Ian short. That's so good. And it wasn't a short; it was just a little animatic uh, slideshow with some cute pictures of Ian on summer vacation, which was very, it was very cute. But I was a little just dis- disappointed by that because I thought it was going to be like a whole short, like you know, like a Pikachu's vacation kind of thing. <laughs> um, it made me kind of sad. And then the last thing that was on there was bizarre. It was like the dub cast doing a mukbang and then doing a script reading, and it was called um, it was called Dinner on the Bebop or, or something <laughs> like that. Can you have and bell peppers and beef? They, yeah, they're all just at dinner talking. That sounds awesome though. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, oh, they're all eating. Because <laughs> I, I can't do that. Could like, they, I'm an ASMR person. I hate eating Could those. they afford beef for the bell peppers and beef? <clears throat> uh, bell peppers. I think they I don't were know. fucking those, talking about bell peppers and beef. Those dub actor paychecks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the voice actor for Jet comes home from his Cowboy Bebop acting job. And he's like, bell peppers and beef, no beef. Oh, man, I hope we can record some more episodes. <laughs> uh yeah so th- that was pretty much it for um, most of it i mean these all have like trailers and crap on them mm-hmm. i didn't really care about the trailers um yeah I did I... spider-verse oh sorry, sorry. Uh, before you get off the anime stuff i think that is one area i where have more I... anime oh i'm sorry <laughs> well but let me get this going. point out um yeah. I, it is one thing where i like one of the things that i do buy physically quite often is anime because i do try to support the shows that i enjoy but they're always really bad with special features. Um, most of the things that I buy on Blu-ray are just awful. Like, they don't really have anything. It's like... Oh, my Ergo Proxy stuff? Bad. It's like, okay, we have Very the textless bad. opening and ending theme, and then we have... Uh, you're lucky you even get a dub on here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that... That's a bummer. I think, I think it's just expensive. Uh, to um, make that stuff, and I don't know. Alex, do you yeah. have any of the the Discotech Blu-rays? Because they've been making some really so. really cool stuff lately. They're an American company that has been tracking down old G-Kids? stuff. No, G Kids is different. G Kids does okay. G Kids yeah, is also yeah, doing they good are stuff. doing good stuff, but sure. G Kids gets like the big. They, own, they have all Satoshi. G Kids is like connected to some other larger company that, that that so that they can get these big stuff. Like they're they doing actually a lot. get good stuff. They're, well, they're getting yeah. Ghibli, right? So, but um, Discotech is like. They mostly focus on older stuff, so yeah. they're like, like they are, they go out of their way to like get old prints and like restore things that don't have a good, like, uh, good don't have a good like, copy online or something. So, for example, Project Echo, which is a, a joke manga about. Oh yeah, they just did that. Yeah, they just huh. they're just putting that. Up. Future Boy Conan, I believe, was them. So yeah. like all this stuff like these crazy older anime that they want to very go, influential yeah. old stuff yeah, yeah they want to go out of their way to make and like um I know that I'm upset because I didn't have any money when it came out but um uh, Giant Robo one of my favorite uh, anime ever and just a huge tribute to uh, mangaka Go Nagai who is like insane um yeah is and uh, like they had this really nice box set that had all of this stuff because like. Um, it it ends on a gigantic cliffhanger, but they had never intended to make any more. They just did no. that on purpose. Yeah, of course not. And uh, like, so they have like all these like they're like, yeah, we only did five episodes, but here are one thousand other ideas that we almost put in here. And it's like, oh my god, what? Why do you Truly need this the much most planning? insane OVA? Yeah. It's really great. Oh boy, love yeah. that thing. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Seth. So you watched Spider Verse? Yeah. I did Spider Verse. Um, there were a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. 
And they were like, so the interviews were all kind of disappointing because they were all just saying stuff that were like, yeah, I worked with these guys. They were really great. Man, this guy is really good. Man, I just love Spider-Man. Yeah, let, let's do this. This is really cool. And it would have shots of them in the in the voice acting booth. And it wasn't, it was just like kind of a TV spot. Like they all just seemed like promos mm. and not really like about how they made the movie. Then they had, they had a short um, with Spider-Ham in it, which was just a, a yep. goofy Looney Tunes thing. Um, so th- those were kind of like, I didn't watch the commentary on any of these. And I think maybe I should have. But I didn't feel like watching an entire movie because yeah. I wanted to get more of the special features it's, it's in. It's a hard commitment. Um, That's why I haven't done any of these because yeah. it could be really boring. Like, Yeah, I, I, I watched I, a bunch of... Oh, I'll talk about it. Odds are it's section. not. Yeah. Like, Alex watched the, the Monsters, Inc. one and I came in at the end. It yeah. was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. at baseline uh, you're watching a movie that you like. So even if they're boring talking about it, it's like, oh, haha, here's the part of the movie that I enjoy. That's but, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... When I was a kid, um, my parents bought a 2003 Honda Odyssey, um, which had a DVD player in it. It had this little little tiny like screen that folded out. Um, we used to actually we, we would bring the GameCube sometimes yep. on trips yep. and try to play Smash on that little tiny screen. Nick and I did the impossible. same thing. We played Wind Waker yep. and Smash. We sure did. Yep. Um, but so before we had the GameCube, um, so they, they they got this thing because we were going to California. Um, we drove to California. Um, so, and it was our first, uh, DVD player too. So we, we had a bunch of, um, like Disney movies, um, but not that many. We had like Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, um, Finding Nemo, just like, just like a a very specific era of DVD. Yeah. Like, like goofy movie, (laughs) like, like four of them. And, and so we would run out of movies to watch. Yep. Um, and I would go through all the special features and I would watch the, like, as like a 10 year old, watch the commentary. And that was actually incredibly interesting to me yeah. at the time. Um, like, like, that's uh, why you the are Finding Nemo you one. Now. Don't you think that's like your origin story? Well, this is why yeah, I picked, kind of. this is why I picked this for the show because I was also that loser. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't have enough other DVDs yeah. to watch on our three week drive to and from california i guess i'll watch it again um, with a bunch of 40 year olds you, should, you, uh, you yeah. probably should have gotten that columbo box set <laughs> i uh, love a kid watching columbo. if it existed at the time just one more thing just one more thing mom and dad um can we stop so, at a wendy's <laughs> <laughs> actually our stop was um mcdonald's the whole time because i was trying to collect all the pieces oh, to the map for Treasure Planet that they had. Uh, and I had every single piece except for the one that came with Jim Hawkins. And my best friend at the time had it. And uh, she lost it. No. Ah, uh, yeah, she I would have had the whole it. map. Uh, but anyway, so, like, that that was incredibly interesting to me. And I remember on the, the Finding Nemo one, they were talking about um, the uh, the humans. Like, you, you get to the dentist scene. And they're, they're all just like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Like, I mean, without the swearing, but like, man, this was our least favorite part. We had to animate people. There's people in it. And this was before Monsters, Inc. came out, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Finding Nemo and then no, Monsters, was, Inc.? No, you have it backwards. No, you have backwards? Yeah. Monsters, Inc. Um, Monsters, Inc. was their third, I believe. Yep. It Toy was, Story, Bugs Life. Um, or no, fourth. I'm sorry. Toy Story 2 yeah, was before Toy Story, Monsters Toy Story 2, Right, right, right. Life, okay, so Monster I got it backwards. But... Anyway, so so you know, like I, I I would just and then there were like bloopers on Brother Bear. There were there were like animated bloopers where where the uh, um 
characters would act as if they're like actually being yep. filmed. Oh yeah, monsters. Uh, so much extra too. work. Oh god, I can't. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, "Holy shit, why did they do this? Like, it's so yeah. much work to do this." Shit. They did a lot of those um, uh, Disney movies. They had those. Yeah, um, which brings me to the Treasure Planet one, which, as I said before, it it's it was all the same stuff, like just shot in the nineties. <laughs> and I was really disappointed about it. Though I did like seeing some of the deleted scenes they put in there. There was one for the intro where it was like old Jim talking. And he's like, yeah, when I was a kid, I was a bad kid. <laughs> and I'm just like, I am so glad they replaced that intro. Like, he, he did the narration with with the, the whole, like, story about Captain Flint. And I'm like, I'm so glad they finally my, replaced that. that my that favorite so thing about doing all the special feature stuff is the like insane bad choices that they almost made yeah oh, yeah it's yeah. like that would have made like... the movies measurably worse <laughs> it's like dodged. oh the whole beginning of the movie used to be this really terrible thing you can't imagine being in there it's like yeah. oh thank god <laughs> yeah it, it was it was so bad um this one also had um one of those dvd games on it it had a tour of the um of the uh, ship h is it the hrs the hhs I think it's the the HRS Legacy. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Which which is the ship that they're on. Uh, I know it's Legacy, but I can't remember what the letters are. Um, Some but, all uh, the Treasure Planet heads in our audience will collect, correct us on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I am the Treasure Planet head, so I should. Know. We'll do it for the show but, uh, at some point. Yeah, no I have comment. the art book. It, it has all the backstory that they didn't have in the yeah. in the sequel they weren't going to make the TV show they weren't going to make. It has all the McDonald's uh, toys in it. Yeah, and if it does. Um, <laughs> no, you'll never get those. <laughs> my copy didn't come with that. Uh, yeah, so so that, like that was a fun thing. I remember the the Emperor's New Groove one that I had had like a stupid little game, and I can't remember what it was, mm. but I remember being very frustrated by it because it was just really bad to control. Whereas the the tour one it seemed a little bit more natural, so to speak, where it's like, oh, I'm just clicking through and it tells me what this is, rather than trying to play a game. Um, but so then I did Ergo Proxy, which is, um, one of my favorite animes from high school. Um, I have not watched it in a long time, so I'm not sure how much that holds up. A lot of talk uh, about your raison d'etre. Huge part of that. Yeah, show. Your, your raison, <laughs> your raison d'etre. Um, Huge part of that series. Sure is. Or, uh, yeah. They, they have a lot of, uh, like mottos. They're like, can you hear the pulse of the awakening? What is this like um, doing? Um, not exactly. No. <laughs> no, I just mean in like motto territory. Nick was just repeating. Yeah, like, of course. There's a little things. bit like that. Yeah. Okay, so Dune is up its own ass, but it, it, it's like justified. No, like like proxy is up its own ass, own... but it's because it's it's, it's like mid 2000s yeah. Japanese Westaboos trying to be grungy. Yikes. Yeah, they love <laughs> um, it's, it's exactly Seb's thing. I'm, yeah. I'm really go selling on, it. Please go on. Okay, um, they had a bunch of trailers. This will be short, but they had a bunch of trailers on it. Um, just the Japanese trailers promos for the show, where it's like, "Ego Brakshi," you know, um, <laughs> like airing twenty, like February twenty fifth at this time. And the big selling point for this, this was in like two thousand five, I think. Um, 2005 or 2006. This actually aired on Sci-Fi in America. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, the big selling point was it's broadcasting in HD with Dolby 5.1. Like, they're, like, broadcasting in HD. And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, um, that was just, like, so weird. And, and and the announcer for the trailers was just, like, Ergo Brakshi! And he, like, just did not match the vibe 
at all of the show. And, like, Gotta get you excited. It, he, he was extremely, like, 90s sounding, honestly. Like, the 90s ratitude, and that is not the show. <laughs> the The show is mid-2000s, like, I mean, grimdark. If you just saw uh, a still of, like, the art, you could, I could see how you could make that mistake. Maybe. Maybe. Um... Oh, so here's a quote. They talk about the auto raves, which are these like um, autonomous android people that, you know, are assistants to everybody in, in the show. Um, and Riel, your main character, has one and his name is Iggy. And what he says is what the announcer go- says is um, here's Iggy. This is uh, Riel's auto rave who speaks in a manner as if he were gay. <laughs> like, oh no oh, okay. Please, robot. <laughs> okay i mean oh you could no have, <laughs> you could have read him as being like a gbf in the show that's but so funny to be like you didn't need to say, say that like, you could just not yeah. say anything and the thing is she programmed him like you program your auto rave to behave how they are and I'm like, she programmed her own GBF. That's just, great. And if you know Riel as a character, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, absolutely not the kind um, of person who would do that, I would say. No. Um, <laughs> so um, there's a there's a behind the scenes mm-hmm. in this. Um, and, and they have, like, they show Manglobe, uh, the studio mm-hmm. uh, Manglobe. They're in a fucking shoebox. Oh, like, yeah. what the hell? Well, they closed this pretty is, quickly after they made that show, I think. <laughs> Or they didn't make yeah. it into the 2010s, I want to say. <laughs> uh, they, like, it looked like they didn't have the budget to be open at the time. They were in a shoebox, <laughs> yeah. and they had, um, this was the mid-2000s, and they had a bunch of giant CRTs, like, giant beige CRTs running, like, Windows 95 on them. And I'm, I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you can't afford, like, any computer? Like, you haven't been able to buy a computer since 1995? Uh like and when you're trying to do cg stuff on it when it when it like has progressed so much in that time period it was nuts the the type of situation they were animating in um and then um you you have like the dub cast well the dub director interview um and so you've got like this guy on there and his name is uh talison jaff and you know anybody who has the name Talison, you know their parents were like hippie D and D players, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he looks like it. This man, he was wearing like a like a poet shirt and uh, like some kind of weird like pendant and these tiny green like glasses, like round glasses. That's and crazy he's just when like, you see people that dress like that like all the time. Like maybe they knew they were. I had a coworker camera, like that. Like. I think it's a very powerful thing to do, like, just to it know is. who you are. I was just like, <laughs> look at this man. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. yeah. And he's just I, like, this, this man is, is powerful. what I do. This is this how me. I dress, and this is it. And it's like, okay, yeah. well. And his name is Taliesin, so th- he looks like he should be dressing like that. And that's not even honestly. his fault. He looks like a bard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the changes. Yeah, it's his parents' fault. Um, um, but, yeah, so, so he kept going, like, it's a dark hero anime, like, this is like a dark anime. I mean, I don't really want to spoil anything for you. Like he was really hyping it up. It, it was. It was. Maybe he was great. just talking about the color um, palette. 
It's funny. It is very gray. <laughs> it's also funny to think that you'd watch the special features before you knew what the anime yeah, was. Yeah, I wonder like, if it was ever shown on I, TV I think promoted or it something. It must be promo material, yeah. It, it must have been like a sci-fi TV. spot or like an anime news network spot or something that they had. I um, um, Real quick, Seb, I do want to take this back. Um, uh, it seems like Studio Man Globe did limp along until 2017, but they didn't make wow. a good show after Ergo Proxy, it looks like. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> what else? They made one good show after. What is So, um, uh, they their big debut was Samurai Shampoo, which is a wonderful show. Great um, show. They made Ergo Another Proxy after that. Um, Michiko Tuhachin, which is very good. Um, a show I haven't seen but heard was good, and then nothing else even remotely decent until they closed in 2017. Anyway. That sucks. Yeah, sorry. Um, so last of all, I watched Paprika. Um, so Paprika was actually a Bink DVD that found yeah. its way to me after I was like, man, I wish I had Bink's DVD collection right now. Um, which Nick got it from her when she was like clearing stuff out. She actually had the, the G-Kids um, release, uh, had replaced it with. Um, so there... I watched, um, the, these were like all very long, so I didn't watch much of them. Um, but the one that stuck with me was, um, they had an interview with, uh, Satoshi Kon, um, the author of Paprika the book, um, and then the Japanese voice actors for Paprika and, um, the main guy, the, um, the genius guy who made the, the dream, like, dream machine. Uh, the dream machine thing. <laughs> I know uh, Nick and Cam haven't seen this movie, but no, not yet. Um, it's it's really good. I've so seen it, some other cones. Basically, yeah. yeah, she she's going into dream worlds to help people. Yeah, it's I, I do um, love paprika, so I'm interested. It's very very tasty, um, but it, it was it was fun. Like, so the interview starts out, and they're very Japanese. They're very reserved. Like, you know, if you watch a, an interview with a director or a voice actor or something for, for something Japanese, they're always very humble. They'll say, you know, like, oh, do you think you did a good job on the movie? What do you think about the movie? And they're like, the movie's great. Everybody did a good job. But I, I think um, I could have done a little bit better in parts. But, others, you know, like every, every single other, like, uh, interview about an anime I've, I've ever watched, like, they're very humble. Um and uh, that's just like a Japanese like etiquette politeness thing. Um, yeah, humbleness. Hmm. Yeah, like don't don't seem full, too full of yourself type of thing. Like you you don't want to do that. Um, but so they actually got very animated on this. Like they started being very chummy with each other, <laughs> and that was like really fun to me. Um, I found out that Satoshi Kon and the author actually voiced the bartenders. There's a bartender scene in one of the dreams. They actually voiced them. Cool. And even oh, the I other voice that. actors didn't know that until after the movie so uh, premiered. Yeah, and that was really cute. Um, so I liked hearing that the uh, the author. This is always this is heartwarming to me. Like whenever an author is actually involved in the making of like a movie based on their stuff, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times stuff just gets the the rights get sold by their publishing company and they don't have any input or or anything. Um, and uh, so he was actually very involved in this and he was like, man, there's this one scene. I wish I thought about that. That should have been in my book, man. That should have been in my book, but it wouldn't have worked because it would be too confusing because it's a scene where there's two paprikas. And he's like, I'd be afraid to, to confuse the readers because there's, you know, like yeah. writing that is like reading that is harder than looking at it. Cause yeah. It's, yeah. Um, 
but like that that was just like really good he he's like this old dude he looks like very refined but he actually got quite um quite like chummy with everybody he got into it. Yeah. uh yeah he got really into it That's fine. and the, like yeah, it was just like a, a nice interview. It was a cute interview. Whereas a lot of other interviews I was I was watching, everybody was just or everybody was solitary. Like a lot of time they'll come up to people solitarily and they'll just be like talking about the other people and they'll just be like, "Yeah, they're great. I love them." Because <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> and they won't like. They won't like talk come to in each like other. Crazy, and then like everyone else on the interview is like, "I had a very nice time working with." My, uh, <laughs> visual director and you're like well boo, bah, boo. <laughs> like if you're coming yeah. like totally different energy then then that's gonna throw it all off yeah but yeah, yeah but um i like when they're i went on a little long because I, I did watch a bunch of stuff oh well, i'm but, glad you um, enjoyed it and watched so much stuff that's great yeah and, yeah. and you did animation which i don't think yeah. we well actually well if you I, I felt a little bad for like pretty much <laughs> only doing animation no that's good yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah. going to be separate from everyone else yeah. So Darth Maul is real and helped Obi Wan <laughs> jump onto the. Yeah, yeah he, it was it was important to the story you were telling that he was real. It was real. so I I can't express how crazy it was to see Darth Maul, Liam Neeson, and like a couple of crew guys holding a bunch a of grips just holding to, like, a plank. launch Obi Wan up in this like four billion dollar. All right, so I'll go next anyway. and I'll let Alex finish it off with his own stuff. Okay. So, um. Like I've been indoctrinating Cam into, I have a bunch of these really nice uh, Criterion Blu-rays lying around, and I knew that I had wanted to dig into some of the special just features. Just can't help but buy them. They're just They're sitting so around nice. everywhere in your house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've got like... They are so nice. I've got they like all come a, with a little eight or nine of them now. Um, and uh, the ones... I I was initially going like, oh man, I'm going to watch the Mahal and Drive one, but Emily rightly said to me, Nick, you just did a Lynch thing for the last movie one, so why don't you why don't you look at something else? Some of the other movies you have. See that synergy? Yeah. That's good. Well, i She's like, stop watching the <laughs> scene in Mahala Drive where the guy comes out. Uh, yeah, she's sick it. of the diner scene like everyone else. Well, all right. Well, anyway, um, I uh, went to a couple of uh, different movies that I had. I picked out. Uh, Sorry to bother you. I picked out, um, which yeah. is not a Criterion one, but it's still a very nice Blu-ray with a lot of uh, great features on there. Uh, and was the thing you posted was that actually? On oh the Blu-ray, yeah, or was it was just, just and thing? it was just like a joke. Like it was like a a, two, a three minute feature about how in Sorry to Bother You, the two actors that they got for the white voice were Patton Oswalt and David Cross. And yeah. great choices. And uh, so, such great it was choices. them giving joking interviews about how they trained their white voice and how, how hard they <laughs> needed to work to sound white for the movie where, yeah. <laughs> where they're the examples Incredibly of what a funny. white guy sounds like. That's great. Um, it's like I have too much of a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> I have to sound more white. Uh, yeah. If you need to sound uh, like one of them, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Patton Oswalt is like, my voice wears dockers i I, there's nothing i can do about that like i I just sound i just sound like this yeah um so they they had some like little some good little featurettes on that um but the things that uh really stuck out to me um the extra stuff on my uh on my blu-ray of mikey and nikki which is will probably be an episode at some point i really love that movie it's um Directed by Elaine May, and because uh, pod, uh, not, because uh, Blank Check did an entire for uh, like an entire month of Elaine May in May a couple of years ago, I'm sure that Alex will get through the backlog to those episodes eventually. Sure. Yeah, which I get was, that. so maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll synergize with that at some point. 
But um, <laughs> what's great about this is that uh, they did a lot of uh, promotion for the movie, and there were a lot of fights with Paramount about how the movie should be and what uh, what they should do to promote it. Because Elaine May was known for making comedies, and this is a very funny movie, but the it, the focus is on the drama of of two friends who had a falling out and you know got uh like they they you know got married they they grew apart but they still work in the same kind of business they're both mob mob guys of course uh but um you uh you like start to like these guys halfway through and then they start doing really awful shit and then you hate them and then they start to like get they start it's like oh we've known each other our whole lives like i've known you since we were kids and that means that like you've seen me grow up you have this connection to me and so like one of them starts joking about the other's mom and is like don't you dare don't you dare joke about my mom you met my mom you know who she is you were there when my brother died like all this stuff that's like all these like tiny (laughs) pieces that are coming out and uh the one of the special features on this film was uh a, a like a movie talk la interview with peter falk who is of course amazing. Oh, the boy. Yeah. Uh mm. and he's he's you know still filming Columbo at the time of this. Uh the the shoot for uh Mikey and Nikki actually went too long. They had to move the shoot from on location where it was and I think it was Chicago and they're like, "Oh, we have to film the rest of this in LA because while we're doing this, uh Peter Falk has to be on Columbo." Uh so we got to head back there. And um it's just a really great interview with him where he's uh talking about like you know how he got into uh, making the movie, and uh, like where where his like uh, personal ins- acting inspiration comes from in the movie. Of like, uh, he said something that will stick with me that I don't know that I necessarily agree with, but it's like he said that there's you act different. There's a different connection with somebody who knew you before you turned thirteen. And if you still know them after, Ooh. he said, if you still know them wow. after that, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's like okay. they, they knew you before you were finished, before you had your identity ready. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and there's a vulnerability to that, that isn't present in your other relationships. You know, he's like, Oh, you okay. know, you meet your wife at, at 20, 23 or whatever. And you're a whole person then, but they, but she didn't see all the pieces that came together. Even if you tell her about them, or, or you meet a friend or whatever, and, and the, you know them now. But if they weren't there on the whole journey, there's always going to be a part of you that isn't there anymore that somebody else has seen. And it was oh, like, yeah, cool. it was like a really like profound way of, of looking at it. And I hadn't – there's a really great scene at the end of that movie where, um, where uh, Peter Falk is trying to explain to his wife a story that, uh, that, that Nikki was there for that he was so pissed off about and he's having a really hard time explaining why uh John Cassavetes is Nikki breaking his watch made him so mad and he's like even though it's like not that important uh but <laughs> like it's all comes from just knowing this guy for too long and uh yeah and that's where Peter Falk is talking about where he pulls it from and it's the kind of thing that would be a podcast now you know like you get somebody on a podcast instead of having them on an LA radio show for this <laughs> um and uh you know it's also like oh 
uh, what's also great is that Peter Falk just sounds like that. He's not doing a voice to be Columbo yeah. or, or <laughs> anyone just else. Him. It's just yeah, how he talks. You don't hire a guy because he doesn't sound like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, and in every other like, acting role that he takes, he sounds like yeah, Can you like do a Columbo that. voice? He's like, well, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm like, already <laughs> doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. And going from Peter I've Falk. Already do it. Um, well, okay. So another thing was that the, the uh, one of the other featurettes on there was all about how much of a pain in the ass it was to for to not have the film be edited by the studio and instead be ha- have it be edited by the director. Like Paramount sent the cops to Elaine May's house to try and retrieve the reels <laughs> of the film, and her husband like <laughs> hid the film reels from the from the cops that were trying to repossess it. And it ended up being like a December release, even though they didn't want it to be on Christmas. And the movie, the tagline that the studio chose was really fucking awful. The tagline was, don't expect to like him. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Wow. That's funny. Uh, And um, so it was really great to see all this behind the scenes stuff. But I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Elaine May is still alive. How come she's not on here? And it doesn't like seem like she hates these people or anything. The people who worked on this film. Uh, And she's not dead or, or, or anything like that. But... Is she very yes, old? Yes, definitely. But she's still working, so I don't know what oh. what was going on there exactly. But that was really good. And then I moved immediately to another movie with Peter Falk in a prominent role, The Princess Bride, <laughs> which I have a really oh, great of course. Uh, another Criterion one. And this was... Oh, you showed me that, that Blu-ray? It's so this, pretty. Yes, it's great. It's meant to look like a children's... I just have it on DVD. It's meant to look like a children's storybook, so it has like the, the like kind of matte cover of like a children's oh, nice. storybook like you took the just oh, dust nice. jacket off of like a princess in the pea volume or something like that and it has like pages inside it's so great but the cool. uh, special features on this one were all about were they were all making ofs for the most part and they were stuff that were was filmed in 2001 for the first dvd so they're probably uh, there i mean not all of it was but some of it was so alex you probably have some of the same stuff on your dvd that i have on this yeah like, uh, nice i'll thing. have to give it a go um and uh, the the making of was really great uh, because um, Carrie Elwes was filming, uh, like he just had like a hand, uh, like a, a tiny hand camera that he was just like doing a little video diary for on set. So you see them setting up for certain scenes and things like that. Um, and every, every time there's an interview, they all talk about like, oh, and this famous actor and this and Rob Reiner, the director. Oh, he's so great. And they were all talking about how great everyone was. And uh, uh, they were all talking about how handsome Carrie Elvis was. They're like, oh, if we need the handsome prince guy, he's, it's got to be him. It's, it's got to be him. He just looks like that. And so much of the casting is, well, he just looks, he looks perfect. Like, he looks like the guy we need. And uh, then uh, they get to Andre the Giant. And they're like, oh, well, we had to have, well, there's a giant in this book. We got to have Andre the Giant. And, uh, a real and, life giant. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the, the only, only giant, giant I know. I know. And they're... they're um, uh, Rob Reiner's like, yeah, my kids, uh, every day I got, bu- got back from the set, all they wanted to know was uh, how uh, Andre the Giant was really that big. And he's like, yes. Is he yeah, that yeah, big? Is he really that big? <laughs> That's such a good question. Yeah. He's like, is he big? And you're like, yes. yes. <laughs> the kids yeah. go crazy. The actress who played uh, Princess Buttercup was like, it was really cold when we were doing the castle scenes, and Andre would just put his hand on top of my head and it was so huge it would warm me up immediately and, oh, <laughs> like, i keep thinking of the images of him holding a regular can of coke yeah. it just looks insane and, well he, he apparently <laughs> he's like, like pinching it between two fingers going he holds it in his fist and it's like a toy he apparently <laughs> loved working on 
the movie and uh he said that oh. it was great because people didn't look at him like he was weird because he was just another actor on set uh oh, and sweet. it was a really sweet story i i love um stories of actors actors seem to be like people who who just get along instantly and they all get along yeah, with obviously like they all when you're making a special feature i mean like unless this, they very much hate each other when but you're making a special feature like this you're always going to be nice to people but when you have all these stories that come like readily <clears throat> like available like oh i have to tell you this thing i have to tell you this thing uh is like just and of course everyone is speaking fondly of him because they miss him you know he had died 10 years ago at the time yeah. this was filmed Mm. And, it, you know, he 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 was gone in uh, the 90s and like everyone was like, wow, this was a really special experience. And we didn't really have that much time with him left, you know, after that. But it was it was really special to hear them talk about that and to talk about how like, oh, we we went to old British castles to film this movie and we had to like kind of gussy it up a little bit, like put different tapestries on it to make it look not so horribly old. Like it would, like we were there in the actual (laughs) time we were supposed to be, but we found like a a two mile expanse that had everything we needed. It had rolling Hills. It had a little swamp. It had a castle. It had like, you know, it's like all these things. The only thing we didn't have was water. We, so we had to film the water (laughs) stuff on a soundstage. uh, And then, like the soundstage with water stuff, it was only three feet deep. And that's where the, uh, the prop maker comes in. The real star of this special feature stuff was them talking to the guy who made the props for the Princess Bride. Now, the prince- it only went to up to Andre's like angle. <laughs> yeah. <really> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> he was like at least eight to nine to 12 feet out of the water. Yeah. So he couldn't really film it. <laughs> in the Princess Bride, uh, there is a scene towards the beginning after when uh, Princess Buttercup gets kidnapped by uh, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, and. Um, uh, I can't. Uh, Mandy Patinkin, uh, where um, they have to show the boat like escaping, and then Buttercup yeah. dives out of the boat, and she has to come back in. And I am like, okay, so you know they probably just did this in actual water. I can't imagine them doing it in any other way with how much space there appears to be. No, it was just a big soundstage that they filmed like in certain ways to make it look bigger. And then I'm like, okay. So then the boat the boat's got to be attached to the bottom of the water then because that boat is huge and there's like if you're filming it on a soundstage like there are obvious problems that come up and it's like no the the prop guy built a boat that like was a real size boat like a real size sailboat to sail in 3 feet of water. So it is just basically so sitting insane. on top of the water, not dragging along the bottom or anything. And all the, you know, other people who were helping him build this thing were like completely aghast. Like, how did you, how the fuck did you make this work? He's like, I went to boat people. I had to talk to them. I didn't know how to do it. At I had to talk to all the yeah, boat people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I checked around. This, this is it. This is what we can do. So, uh, and like, there were lots of really great things to hear about, but there's a scene in, um, the princess bride where, um, where our hero gets tortured and it's this big machine with water like pushing gears and these suction cups that are attached to him and it's just supposed to look like a crazy fantasy thing you have no idea how it actually works but when he read in the script that there was a torture scene the prop maker's like i have just the thing i have designs for uh i believe it was i want to say it was um on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He's like, I worked on On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, and yeah. There was, James Bond Yeah, props. there was a... There was a torture scene 
that didn't end up happening. It was a contraption that didn't end up getting made. So I have these. Oh, bl- see, I, I built a torch. Yeah, machine yeah. Before. I have these. So I have these blueprints that <laughs> I've got that one gears, in my basement. And, and, I have it. I still have. And it. in that movie, it was supposed <laughs> to be operated by sand. But in this movie, it would make more sense if it was operated by water, don't you think? And so he built this like giant series of wooden interlocking gears and pulleys. Oh my god! And Jesus it really works. Like it obviously doesn't actually there, torture there's him. There's two really kill someone. It's it. like movie prop designer or jail. <laughs> Those are the only two things he can do. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, uh, He's got to torture people on the silver screen. He, Otherwise, he, he gets arrested. He's going to do it either way. He pointed out something funny <laughs> in the torture scene as well. He's like, yeah, you know, I made this crazy series of gears and pulleys and, and water waterways that actually worked. But uh, if you look at him, the suction cups don't actually stick to our actor here. So I had to tape those on. And you see that the, the suction cups <laughs> are taped down to him. And it looks like it's natural. It looks natural because it looks like it's part of the straps that are keeping him strapped to the table that's torturing him. But it's very funny to see, like, oh, yeah, we wanted to just have these suction cups on him, but they wouldn't stick. So, uh, yeah, I built a giant wheel that operates, you know, a giant water I wheel. built a real wheel that works. <laughs> yeah, I built a real water torture <laughs> But we had to tape this to him. But the suction cups <laughs> don't work. So that's the problem. Oh, yeah, all the all the torture works. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get the, the cups. Like, <laughs> the torture I got down. So No problem with the torture. Those were really great. I, I loved that. I loved the behind-the-scenes stuff and I uh, the stuff that they had filmed later on like for only for this criterion stuff was like looking back kind of like what the legacy of the film is they had yeah had have more time since since it has come out and it was really like it just makes you smile like it was really special to learn all that stuff but the really crazy thing i watched was something that we joked about way back in a previous episode in our oh, One no. Cut of the Dead episode, we joked that if you watch the behind-the-scenes making of of One Cut of the Dead, it's basically a fourth cut of the movie. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> another cut. Because, yeah, what a bizarre yeah. idea. Like, the <laughs> special features for that movie make no sense. Like, there's a, there has to be a third guy back there. <laughs> well, I Cam, so... Uh, Go listen to our uh, One Cut of the Dead episode, and more importantly, go watch yeah, one. I don't highly I recommend. Was there, go, go watch even if you, one. Even cut if of the you game. haven't heard of that movie yeah. or don't know what it's about, go watch that episode. So, ideally, yeah. if you don't. Yeah. So, know what it's about. in One Cut of the Dead, uh, because the you see the movie they made, and then you see how they uh, how the movie as uh, idea came about, and then you see how. Uh, the behind the scenes of the fake movie that they made from the perspective of the fake director, uh, you're seeing these, these events play out in three different ways. So seeing the behind the scenes for the actual movie that's about the making of a making of a movie is really <laughs> surreal. For starters, when the director comes out, I'm like, that's not the director. It's like, of course it's the director, you idiot. The actual director is not the actor who is playing a director who's on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this this nerd in a weird uh, tiny tiny hat tiny like boat hat comes out and he's like hey guys I'm the director how's it going and I'm like no you're not <laughs> like, yeah yeah. Right. yeah you get fool the, yeah. we get saw the, the director but it was he had a very <laughs> funny way of directing that almost made me that reminded me a lot of like somebody who is teaching like elementary school or high school or something he's like all right we're gonna break into groups and we're gonna work on this scene (laughs) and everyone like working on different scenes like the production people were working on the production scenes and the fake actors were working on the fake action scenes and he was like going around with a clipboard to each of them and being like okay here's what i want in this here's what i want in this and they were all like practicing in the same room together and the rooms that they use 
for the fake planning of the fake movie in One Cut of the Dead are where they did the actual planning for the actual movie. Yeah, of and course. It. And the really crazy stuff is when somebody is holding a camera to film somebody else holding a camera to film somebody else holding a camera in one cut of the dead to make sure that all of this gets captured on film for the behind the scenes that you're watching now, which means you know that there is somebody else that you don't see who is also holding a camera and you get the feeling that it could just go on forever. It's cameras all the way down. And you could... It's all cameras, always has been. It's behind the the scenes all the way down. And they're like, oh... Here, I need. Uh, uh, in old zombie movies, they used to have red under the eyes. So here's what the, here's what our characters would do to make like it's not like here's what the zombies in our movie should look like. It's here's what the zombies in their movie should look like. The one that we're pretending to make. So there's yeah. a layer of abstraction between every decision that gets made because you're trying to put yourself in the mind of a character who is making a movie while at the same time yourself also making this movie. It was really crazy to watch and I do recommend it. I, the whole thing's on YouTube. If you, uh, if you watch it, um, it's a, it's just such a funny thing to even imagine pitching, right? Like we should, we should film the making of this movie. It's like, aren't you already? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) what What does this mean? We should film the making of the making of this movie of the yeah. making of this movie. That's a great call to seek that out because I wouldn't have thought of it. I mean, it was your episode, but I would never have thought to look this up. But yeah, that's I, so uh, funny. I posted the link in our in our little Discord thing. But it, yeah, making yeah. of One Cut of the Dead is a crazy, crazy special feature. Uh, just to just to see like. Um, uh, like it's to see them come up with the human pyramid crane shot at the end. Uh, the, yeah. the, the director's like, okay, I asked the pro I asked the, you know, the, the stunt guys and everything and the camera grips and everything. What is it possible to do a crane shot without a crane? Cause he wanted, he had that in mind <laughs> for the, for the ending. And they were like, well, I guess you could do it if you had like a really, if you had like a really long stick and you had like people stabilizing it. And then they're like, okay, but what if we do a human pyramid and it's like, well, you would need this many people. And it's like, that's how many people we needed to be in the film. (laughs) It's just such a funny thing to have to consider right at the beginning. But Alex, I really appreciate you uh, putting forward this episode because those were some real fun things. I didn't do a whole director commentary, but I used to do that all the time. Um, Some of my favorites are the, uh, the uh, venture brothers ones that I brought up before uh, are, I really love. Which are just the 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 two creators of the show shooting the shit over the episode, barely telling you about the episode itself, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like the kind of thing that would be a podcast, right? right. Just absolutely, yeah. Um, so, Alex, uh, what did you end up diving into? I know you had a lot of stuff going on. I had a lot of stuff that I would wanted to check out. Um, the uh, one major thing that I think none of you know you just mentioned it but we didn't uh, all touch on was that i did do a full commentary which was the monsters inc one yeah um and this was not the director's the not the director of the movie but just two guys from pixar mm-hmm. i didn't even know what their roles in the movies were or the movie was it seemed like they were just producers or you know they had their hands in a lot of it they were just the ones um, who were in the office that day pretty much uh and i was interested in doing this because for another reason, because there's an insane featurette on the Monsters Inc. DVD about uh, the lore behind the monster world, um, which we might put in this episode. It's it's pretty boring, uh, and it was not as interesting as I remembered it being. But um, I pulled this up because I thought that 
Um, I wanted to rewatch this movie anyway, and I thought that it would be interesting to pick an early Pixar because they were still figuring so much of this stuff out. Um, uh, Toy Story was its own whole thing because it was the first one that they had made, but this is still early enough where it was like um, a lot of the bulk of this commentary was like, oh, to try and make the cube of garbage for the scene where they have the cube of garbage was such a huge pain in the ass <laughs> because everything looks so clean in 3D animation. We had to make it look a lot worse. Like all the this clutter was a huge challenge for them. But like a ton of the scenes had the, these bits where they'd be like, oh, you know, this took us like a month to figure out how to make this, uh, <laughs> this thing work. We were in the, uh, the planning stages. On Boo's shirt. Yeah, we, were the, we were in the planning stages for you know, uh, Mike Wazowski's eyelids. Everything else in the movie was figured out, but we had we needed an extra six months to get him to blink right. Well, they they specifically did talk about Mike Wazowski in in a, a, in a very interesting way because um, since he's a character with one eye, they had a lot of trouble making him emote in a way that felt good mm-hmm. and looked in like like that sold the effect of him you know doing a facial uh, animation. Because uh, we have two eyebrows and he only had one. <laughs> so they kind of, they, if you watch the movie, he does kind of have his, like, his eyelid will do some of the work. Mm-hmm. But his, they give him kind of a double set because he has his singular eyebrow, but his eyelid will also go up kind of in a half thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of just split it in two. It's, it's what you have to do. It's the Leela Futurama situation. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing else that you can do about it. Yeah. And they talked about that a lot. They uh, weirdly... Uh, for a while, Mike didn't have arms. They, one of their challenges was they wanted to try and make a character work without arms. Like they wanted to that's make too much. to make so him like crazy to be like, let's challenge ourselves with this. Yeah, like can we sell a character body. a character's facial animation enough to not need to emote with his hands? And it turns out, oh, they gave him arms, you know, because it it made a better movie. The arms make um, it funnier. Yeah, I mean, they might be able so to make long. him emote, but um, yeah, he he can't. Sorry. Another no, another Mike Wazowski thing. While I'm thinking of it, um, there's a scene towards the beginning of the movie where um, he sniffs his armpit, and they're like, "This is so hard to make this work because he doesn't he doesn't have a neck. <laughs> he doesn't have a neck. So oh yeah, he he would turn his he, whole well, no self. It's, it's not only he doesn't have a neck, he also doesn't have a nose. So making him convincingly sniff his armpit in a way that the audience wouldn't question it was such or a hard a shoulder, thing for them. Like he's missing yeah. all the essential parts. Yeah, I'm thinking except like. For an I'm thinking like he he kind of twists his arm around his eye. I'm, I'm yeah, of he kind of puts his arm up to his face. Yeah, um, no, but it was like something that you would I would never notice in a million years in the movie. But them just saying, "Oh yeah, this was really hard to sell this effect because uh, he's a character that's an eyeball." <laughs> and it means it worked because like you think yeah. like they're like, "Oh, it's so hard to make the audience believe it," and you're like, "Oh, I didn't even think about mm-hmm. it." It's like, "Oh, it worked." Like that. That's just it. Yeah, and th- there was a lot of that stuff. It was like pretty nerdy. It, they weren't like super entertaining, but it was all that. It was all that great stuff. It's like, oh, um, you know, we have the scene in the beginning of the movie where where Boo laughs and it break. It, you know, it, it destroys the whole grid. But um, we also wanted to make her a character that could laugh in the movie. So she does laugh a couple extra times in the film. But we just we just went for it because we wanted her to you know to laugh to be a character. We just assumed that nobody would would like notice or care that uh, every other time in the movie she laughs, she doesn't destroy the entire uh, power grid. <laughs> no need to think about that. 
Yeah, no, just a bunch of weird nerdy stuff like that that I was pretty into. I think you um, did pick like the perfect movie to watch, like a DVD commentaries. I just wanted to watch it again. Weird, there were so many planets. But it's I mentioned such a it, weird movie. And yeah, like, and like I mentioned it is the, the the Sully hair being like their magnum opus. Like yeah, they're like we uh, early on they had the ca- kind of character, but then they like a couple of the demos that I watched, they were like, all right, this is the one where we decided that a character with hair could work in 3D animation. And they're like, we're going to make that a whole thing. And a lot of interesting talk about how, like, making Sully into a monster that is both scary, but cute, and has the kind of, like, sympathetic look to their face where you could understand that they're a character capable of this kind of empathy to care for a kid like this. Just like yeah. the like several layers of them figuring out how to make a scary monster not scary for kids. Uh, they really did nail that. With like, there's the um, the clip of Sully hugging Boo, and he he just looks so sad. Um, <laughs> but uh, or or so like, oh my god, this is a cute thing. Yeah. Um, but I I love CG and hair. Every few years. Something comes out where they're like, we had to make a whole new engine for the hair for this character. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's always <laughs> hair. Like Merida in Brave, they did the same thing. They're like, her hair's just like so technologically so advanced. Where it, when it really was just curly, famously, yeah. famously um, in Frozen, there's that scene and there's that part in Let It Go where uh, Elsa like undoes her braid and like she throws it to the side and it goes, it yeah, oh, it goes it clips through, her, through arm. her arm. And there's an interview where they're like, it. If you tried to make it work the way it's supposed to work, it crashed. The whole movie would crash. Like, the, the 3D animation yeah. program we were using to make this movie would fucking delete itself when we tried to make this work correctly. So, the, in the movie, it has to clip through her arm. You know it just has them. to. It just has to do that. Um, okay. Real them. quick. What, uh, what? There's another thing oh, in present. One, one, one quick. There's another thing in Frozen where they had to make it like a new thing to simulate mm. snow. Oh yeah, which is, like, that was the I whole mean, innovation like, for that movie, I think. Yeah, just a, just an entire like like that's incredible. I don't <laughs> even like <the laughs> I don't even like uh, Frozen really, but like that's an incredible feat. But apparently their simulation was so good that it like solved it, like a a mystery of these like hikers dying in. Like the the Russian like mountains. Is this or like, something uh, like that. Is this the, the dumb like, body? Is this they were able to use the snow Fuck off. or whatever. I don't I don't know. If no, I it, it was like the the simulation. Um, I, I gotta find. I had a video on it. Um, I hope you're I, like, right, but I I think that's propaganda. <laughs> like all the no, this money came out, and time like, we wasted actually helped save lives. It wasn't a waste. Well, of huge I mean, it helped solve shit like that happens. Like Assassin's died, Creed modeled Notre Dame so well that they were using it. To rebuild Notre Dame. Yeah, but that's different than, like, the snow we made helped solve the deaths of people. Like, get the fuck out of here. Well, the thing is, like, they make, like, people make simulations to solve physics all the time. So if you are trying to simulate physics, even, like, for any reason, if you succeed in simulating physics, you're going to find stuff that you didn't realize in real life because you you just don't see it. We didn't see we didn't it. You can't see it happening. We didn't know the snow went down, and that's what covered them. <laughs> so we had uh-huh. to simulate so- one more thing on the Monsters Inc. commentary that I really liked. Um, this this is the kind of thing that you'd get on, like, an amateur podcast uh, commentary. Um, but um, during the scene where they're at Harryhausen's, great reference. Excellent. They talk Excellent about that reference. a little bit. Um, they um, talk about an alternate version of the scene that they didn't go with, where Mike was originally going to pro- to propose to Celia. at that, uh, And then uh. Sully comes in with a kid and ruins it. Um 
And they, uh, both of these two guys in the commentary weren't sure why that they didn't go with that version. So they call another guy on the phone <laughs> during the commentary. <laughs> and they keep in the ringing of the phone and this guy's crunchy sound over the phone that they you recorded. You can't cut it out because it's all linked to the movie. That's the thing yeah. about commentaries. You have to keep it all in. So they call this guy. He's like, yep, how you doing? He's like, oh, we're recording the commentary track for the DVD. Uh, you remember why we cut this scene? Uh, and then you know, he's just like, oh, yeah, no, we wanted to keep the relationship between Mike and Sully. We didn't really want to, you know, we didn't want to go for, you know, uh, we we wanted Boo to be the thing that split them apart, not having another relationship that he ruined. Um, but, uh, like, it was just so funny to me that they would, it, I guess I pictured them, I, Disney now would be much more professional than this, I would hope. Uh, they're much more brand image conscious. No uh, but, flip phone call during the commentary, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that was so fun to uh, are just fully be like, are they calling someone on the phone right now? And then them being, the answer being, yes, they are. Um, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed just going, because I was going to go through this whole movie anyway. I wanted to rewatch it. So I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, commentary, great. Um, uh, real quick, a couple of the other ones that I did enjoy. I didn't get to do too many more. I had a bunch of ideas, but didn't really do a ton of them um uh with sav on video before we were everyone was ready to record i went through the spider-man 2 special features uh and the matrix special yeah. features and both of those were pretty fun um there were a I lot the matrix one yeah there was a lot of stuff on spider-man 2 it, a lot of it was pretty interesting but a lot of it was you know um like we talked about on evil dead 2 uh sam raimi being a weird nerd and talking about how great it was to do <laughs> spider-man uh, and Alfred Molina like, saying that I'm doing a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Alfred Molina saying that he, he, it's great to talk to a person because I, all I got to do is talk to his arms. Uh, <laughs> but um, Seb, I hopefully can tag you in on here, but we watched pretty much like this whole 30, 40 minute long matrix featurette. And it was so great. I thought, Oh, it was really good. Um, <laughs> it, it was a, like, I'm always mixed about like watching things with uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski. Yeah, before, pre-transition. You know, the transition. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I wonder how they feel about that. But I mean, they, you can't help it. Um, but uh, it, it was really cool seeing the uh, storyboards for, for this. Because they basically it, made them like comics. They're like they made a whole so comic. Detailed. They like penciled and inked them. <laughs> they're they're not like the quick sketchy ones. That, like it was an entire comic. And like people were talking about how once they saw those storyboards, they were like, oh, that's how they I sold the it. movie. It's like, yeah. look at this. This is the kind of action we want to make. Yeah, they, uh, they had like really detailed fa- like facial expressions. They had like folds. And cl- like, it was it, like... If you've seen, like, storyboards for literally anything else before, like, they can be works of art, but normally they're very sketchy. Um, They're just really quick because you have to do hundreds and hundreds of them. Real quick, Sam Raimi did his own storyboards for Evil Dead 2, and they looked like fucking garbage. That's so funny. (laughs) Literally stick figures. I like like that one. What was it? Um, For Midsommar, he had, like, the the drawing of her with like the flowers around and yeah. it just looks like dog shit, <laughs> yeah. but it like is such a good the shot. The Evil Dead 2 one is they literally like uh, I, the um, set dresser or something like does like a recreation and everyone's like that's better than what Raimi did for his storyboards. It's literally a <laughs> stick figure with a big hand with angry eyebrows and like a square in the background. 
And he's like, this is the scene where the hand is evil. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what is this scene? And Raimi's like, well, didn't you see my storyboards? Yeah, you didn't get it? The hand is big, (laughs) so that means it's evil. (laughs) It's it's so funny to hear them dunk on him the whole time. I mean, that reasoning isn't wrong. Like, well, yeah, it it's, means important. it's no, something I mean, that you it, go off of, though. You're right. It's it doesn't need to be that detailed to make a good into movie. If you that guy's brain, then it makes sense. But, yeah. I think the uh, the yeah. idea here with the Matrix was that they had like this is what they came into the pitch meeting with. It was like or yeah, like, they they hired real comic artists to to make people understand the kinds of shots that they wanted to make in the Matrix. <laughs> they needed to be this detailed because no one had seen anything like it before. Mm. Uh, it was uh, such a fascinating, you know, getting to see all the, uh, you know, the actors as young as they were in the original Matrix, yeah. seeing Keanu Reeves learn how to do kung fu and uh, like for real. Yeah, uh, uh, I I liked him. Um, it it like I love behind the scenes where it actually shows behind the scenes, not just them shooting, but like them, you know, fooling around with each other. I always like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because it, it gives, like, more personality to the actors rather than you're a blank slate that just becomes a character. Um, and it had Keanu, and he's just like, I'm the super nerd! The super computer nerd! <laughs> yeah! Uh, just, like, making just fun so of his Just so excited, character. yeah. <laughs> he's logging in. Like, he's just doing the whole yeah. Yeah. on set. And all, all the great wire work, and, he, like, they got... Uh, the the Wachowskis got the like real kung fu director that they liked to do all the mm-hmm. you know to they do tracked to tra- him down in Hong Kong to train yeah. the actors to do all the kung fu stuff in the movie Donnie, and it, you know really Donnie Yen, everything right? they, they wanted had, they this. had somebody else there for it I, don't I can't remember that. oh yeah I'm, I, I I'm blanking on it too um, I should have written it down some something I I caught during that uh, special was. Uh, they had like a, a short sequence where like a but like some of the actors, some of the other people like working on the film were like, yeah, it's like this. Uh, Matrix is about that. There's kung fu, and they, it's the scene from the beginning of Matrix Resurrections where they go around ask, asking what, what the you? Matrix is. The Matrix? Yeah, it was unironically oh. yeah. like, uh. what does Matrix mean to you? <laughs> but it and, was like, such ha- a direct. Having that. Yeah. Yeah, like I. It was just great, like, seeing that Lana, like, pulled even from, like, a commentary track, like, an interview track from the DVD, (laughs) being like, I'm going to make fun of this, too. Like, everyone (laughs) thinks they know what my movie is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this was awesome. I know it was, uh, I um, didn't mention it, but I um, was at Goodwill, and I just pulled a bunch of these off the shelves, because I'm like, oh, this is a thing I would want to see the commentary on. Uh, And uh, it was, like... I was trying to go for stuff that was like podcast adjacent or that we had talked about for the show because I thought that would be fun. And my God, this was just so it was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed both the Spider-Man and the Matrix. Uh, yeah, you had some really good but, picks. Like definitely. Good uh, I got a couple that I didn't get a chance to go through. I got in Inception because it was cheap, but I am interested mm. uh, in uh, some of the behind the scenes on that. And then um, I also got the Darjeeling Limited because we talked about the uh, commercial, the American Express yeah. commercial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That gives you a very accurate representation of what a Wes Anderson movie is, though. So. Yeah. Francois. So maybe if I get to those, I'll bring it up on the show at some point. But uh, I just had a ton of fun doing Wes this, Anderson and I'm glad everybody else did. I two actors, and one of them was like, why would I say, why would I, I say this when my best friend just got blown up? And then Wes Anderson just looks at them and he's like, it sounds fake. 
it's like <laughs> it sounds fake. Like he's just like shit talking. <laughs> Uh, but like yeah, thanks everybody. This yeah, is I'm awesome. Glad you had a good time with yeah, it. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. So um, real wild, all over the place episode, but it's it's been that's, that's the, the best point. kind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so if uh, if you would like your own wild out all over the place episode that hopefully gets through the planning stage a little bit better than this one did, uh, we you could send it to us at please don't cast at gmail and that is please don't cast at gmail and uh, we've got another uh, really weird one conceptually coming up for you next week. Seb, can you hit us with your idea for next week's episode? Um, so next week's episode, uh, we're going to be watching some shadows on the wall. Um, and... I've heard those are good. <laughs> yeah. I heard that they can inform um, the I, I've never seen them before. I heard that they can inform my entire so, um... opinion about the, the world and the way it functions. Yeah. Um, you might not know that they are actually being created by mm. 3D forms that are behind you. Um, uh, well, uh, but, no. yeah. I don't think, I think so. that I, I think that I can um, see everything that I need to see is on that wall. This is a very, it's Probably. like a companion episode because it's a different kind of behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. you might say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are reading uh, Plato's uh, Allegory of the Cave. Um <laughs> And maybe more Plato if if you want to like if you want to read long. his dialogues, <laughs> but uh, no, it's not. But also, um, I. But we're doing that because we it constantly <laughs> for comes some up. Reason. It constantly comes and up, I don't and think I, for one, can admit. I at don't least know two what it of is. these people have not <laughs> no, actually. Yeah, read. I can barely even. I, I do I not know. Tell you I'm is. so I sorry. Know. I know like, I have I read really, it. Before. I, I apologize. I spent. I spend uh, too much time. Uh, reading about and talking to people who never forgot things that were told to them in high school English, and uh, <laughs> wait, none of you have read, read it? it. Um, okay, but I read it later on. Uh, I didn't have this in like high school. Um, I, I like, don't what think I read everybody it in high school. I think I read it in our interpretation class. I, I actually <laughs> didn't understand. Look upon my works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we, like, we still we'll didn't work, know we'll what it was about. We'll look upon the works. We'll look upon the shadows. Yeah, so this is th- but I'm saying we read it on the show and we still got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I want to apologize for this. I want to apologize for uh, the plums in the icebox. Uh, I want to apologize for... Uh, <laughs> We're just going to be in the literature <laughs> well, I can't keep bringing this stuff up. This would be a great point for me to... The absolute dumbest people you know talk about literature. <laughs> it's such a funny turn. <laughs> talk like, about Greek. Philosophers. About episode one of Star Wars, so we turn to classical <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> so we have to do it. The allegory. Anytime of the we want to get rid start, of something, we have to I'm do an start, episode this about is it. Number two. It's like Star Wars episode <laughs> one. <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you know, it's the. The next thing is going to be, I'm going to be bringing up uh, Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis all the time. We're going to be talking about turning into a cockroach. Mm. It's, uh, it is kind of kafka <laughs> yeah, Just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that this is a really funny idea for an episode. I have no idea how we're going to make it work, and I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. That's I'm right. ready for it. <laughs> all right. So that's our show for all the right. week. We'll see you next week with uh, some really great shadows, I'm hoping. And uh, I hope you have a I've good time. I've heard they're good. All right. Good night, everyone. Welcome to Goodbye. your Bye. podcast presentation. <laughs> What's that guy saying? What Scene it? selection. Coming soon to own in Coming a theater soon near you. to a theater near you. Why don't you tell me what you would like to watch? <laughs> <laughs> Bye.